0: Good evening, everybody, no matter wherever you are in this beautiful world we live in. Welcome to Fairly Normal with Josh Wolf. My guest, Tony Hinchcliffe, is en route, Um, but I said 4.30, and we are fucking starting at 4.30, even though it's 4.33. But it's 4.30-ish, right, Aaron? Yeah. Four thirty for comedy. That's very. That's early. I th- I feel like if you if you hit your time within five minutes, that's what time it is. Yeah. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. I do have a. Uh, oh, this song is like. I'm a little. I'm a little ornery today, dude. I got. What is? I think my testosterone level is a little higher than usual today. That time of the month, huh? I think so. I think it is, because in the car today, I had fucking zero patience. Wait! Tell me something good. Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell, me, tell me tell me that you like me, yeah. One more. Let's give me one more. Tell me something good. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me, tell me. You know what, but before I get into what I was going to say, you know what skill I don't have at all? I am terrible with lyrics. Yeah, me too. I'm terrible. And movie quotes. Oh, fucking so bad. And words to songs. Like, some people can listen to a song and really pick up, forget memorizing it. Like, I can't understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't understand three quarters of what people are saying. Pearl Jam. Yeah, look, that Tell Me Something Good, I we've listened to it over and over, mm-hmm. that one part. The only part I really know is Tell Me Something Good. Yeah. I should know more. The, the names to songs, like I fucking love Sturgill Simpson. Love Sturgill Simpson. I've listened to now all three of his albums about a zillion times. Not sure I could really give you the name of any one song. No, that's fine. But it's not. But that's not like, it's weird, like, your brain, your brain, like, and everybody's brain is different. The things they do remember, they don't remember. Like, some people are fucking great with movie quotes. They could quote, or as soon as they hear a song once, they get the words down, Mm -hmm. right? But they can't remember directions. Yeah. Now, I can kind of remember directions, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember, I just remember, like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, I've been here before. Oh, I remember the, I remember how to get there, because I can kind of piece my way through, I remember what things look like. But if you ask me, you know, what's that person's name? I'd be like, I'm fucking having any idea. I'm so bad with names, dude. And I I think that's one thing I need to get better at, especially at comedy clubs when I'm playing there for four days. I need to get better at knowing the names of the people that work there. I'm just not great at it. I think also in general, when you remember people's names, it makes them feel good. And I think that's something I need to work on. Remembering, because I call people chief. I called someone senator this weekend. <laughs> senator is just like the worst thing you can call somebody. In, so, in this day and
1: age.
0: Or a re- Republican presidential candidate. I think You know, I think it's sad that we've shamed Republicans into going underground. Like, if you are a Republican. Especially in this town. In this town. If you're a Republican and you're in this business, we've shamed you. Now, When I say we, not me. But this town has shamed you. Into not being able to be vocal about it. Same, by, by the way, on TV, good luck if you're not on Fox not leaning towards the left a little bit. You're going to get fucking killed. Yeah. I think it's too bad. And I think it's too bad we've demonized, unfortunately, because guys like Ted Cruz have hijacked that party so far to the right. The word Republican has been demonized, and I don't, I think that's unnecessary too. Like, uh, I also think next election, I don't know about you, but do you, are most people you know consider themselves independents? Uh, yeah. They don't understand
1: that that's a party unto itself. Yes. And that you are ineligible to vote.
0: In the primaries.
1: In the primaries, yeah. Right.
0: But I think that's going to have to start changing because I think the number of independents, is, especially with the millennials- is going to rise. Oh, yeah. It's going to rise. It's going to rise. Because they also won't understand that that's a party. Why? Well, I, I just, <laughs> the millennials don't understand.
1: When I registered, I was like, I saw all the options, and then I saw the option, no party affiliation. I was like, oh, that's the one that I want. That's yeah.
0: truly. You know what party I want? I want to be part of the West Coast party, because the West Coast party don't stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. But I will say this. I'm driving over here today, and this, I just got a little bit of, <sighs> I'm driving over here today. And what the... Here's the deal. Let me just... And I've maybe said this before. I, and again, I don't have a great memory. So a lot of times I start stories by saying, I don't know if I've said this before on this podcast. How many times? Do I, do I say it at least once a podcast? Oh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's at least once a podcast, right? At least right? once. Oh,
1: fucking A. Okay, so... And some and like song lyrics, I don't necessarily
0: remember. I don't so. remember either. <laughs> but you hear a zillion podcasts. That's How true. are you supposed to remember? Yeah. Um, okay. Guys... Let me just say once and for all. A, I have no problem if you want to drive the speed limit. I really don't. Good for you. But there is more than one lane. And your lane, your fucking lane, is not in the far left. We all are okay with you occupying the right-hand lane. I have no problem with that. Good for you. That's your lane. In life, like on the road, everybody gets e-lane. Stay. In. your Lane. Because, here, and then I'm the asshole. Look, not all of us want to drive the same fucking... Look, you want to waste your time in a car? You like to meditate or fucking birdwatch? I don't know what the fuck you guys do driving 50 miles an hour on the freeway. But the reason that there's traffic on the fucking 101 and the 405 is because people just decide to drive 40. They just see a lot of cars and they go, we're gonna drive 40. To move the fuck over! Look, if there's one lane and it's just a street and whatever, and it, the person in front of me is doing 35 because that's their that's the speed limit, I can, I don't have any problem with that yeah. because it's one lane. You're in front of me. You're doing the speed limit. I got a problem with that. If there's more than one lane, if there's two lanes, move the fuck over nothing bothers me more than people walking around the world unaware of the people around them, unaware that other people have wants and needs and and fucking perspectives. So look, when I'm in the left-hand lane and I'm fucking giving you a little bit of the flashing lights to move over and you don't move over and you flip me off while you're doing 50 in the left-hand lane, we're going to have some problems. Now listen, I'm not saying I've ever done this. But I might have done this. Oh, I just remembered something. You know, one time my brother and I were driving down the street, right? We were on Ventura Boulevard. And we're driving, and um, this girl in front of us uh, slammed on her brakes. And we slammed on our brakes. And then she moved over to the right-hand lane. And um, as we were driving past her, we had no idea why she flipped us off. My brother rolled down the window and he goes, "Why did you fl- just flip us off?" And she goes, "Fuck you." And spit at my car. So, we were on Ventura Boulevard, and I go, "What happened there? What just happened there?" Look, I didn't hit her car. I wasn't I wasn't riding her. Like I was a, at least a car length behind. So when she slammed on her brakes cuz something happened in front of her, I slammed, I didn't even come close to her. So I don't maybe she heard a horn or something and she thought it was me, but it wasn't me. So she fuck you and spits in my car. So my brother and I had leftovers from Chipotle, and we I was like she just spit on my car. And he goes yeah. I go roll down the window, and he goes what I go grab those. And he goes oh great idea. So we slowed down again, and she rolled down her window to say something, and my brother threw uh, he opened the container and threw the entire both of our leftovers into her car <laughs> sprayed her face went into her car and then we drove off like fucking champions Woo-hoo! <laughs> but I'm just saying guys and I did a poll on Twitter did you did I tell you this I did a poll on Twitter asking people who they thought caused more accidents people who drive fast or people who drive slow and the it was overwhelming people who drive slow yeah um, and I'll tell you why because those of who drive fast sometimes we get so frustrated that you're doing 40 on the freeway, that we're behind you for so long that we speed around you and then maybe we cause a car crash So people go, no, it's the person driving fast. No, the person driving slow caused that crash. If you had just stayed in your fucking lane and let us drive, it drives me bananas. Look, it's the same people who walk around the supermarket or the mall or the airport. I call it pigeon walking. You know people who just kind of walk around with their head around mm-hmm. or in their phone and they just all of a sudden they'll be walking straight and they just all of a sudden take a right hand turn yeah. like there's nobody else in the fucking anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Though when you're completely unaware of other people, that is my most enormous pet peeve in the entire and it, it encompasses a lot, of people doing a lot of things. Yeah. But people being unaware or or just so fucking self absorbed that they're not paying attention to other people in the world drives me bananas. Bananas, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I'm <sighs> Okay, let me also go say this on a good positive note. I as a comedian, this weekend in Sacramento, best weekend I've had in a decade as a comedian. My ticket sales were not great. Uh, and I know my manager's like, don't say that in front of people, Make give the illusion of a party. Oh, it was still a fucking party. Let me tell you something. It was an amazing weekend and the people there, we had a good fucking time. I watched some drunk woman do a very slow slip out of her chair, just a (laughs) slow lean. And then she slowly just, it was hilarious. But as a comedian, dude, best weekend I've had in a decade as an artist finding material, and settling into the confidence that I have telling stories. My storytelling right now, and people, you guys have been listening to me. Some of you have known me for many years. You've never in your lifetime heard me compliment myself as a comedian because I'm extra hard on myself, especially in this era where there are so many amazing comedians that's why i never I look at some of those guys I'm like damn that is a fucking not only well-crafted joke but it's smart but it's not too smart it's not Dennis Miller uh, obnoxious it, it, there are so many great comics I'm telling you I feel right now after this weekend listen I turned over my last hour like I'm not I was doing for a lot of you who heard me I, I there were sets in the last seven months where I had a half an hour of weed material in my set. I didn't, I didn't, there's no weed material anymore. I've turned my hour that I was doing only for six months into another hour already. Wow. I, I can't tell you. And here's the worst part. Because I'm not that organized, there are some jokes I know I've just forgotten. I don't have them taped. I don't write them down. A lot of my sets just free flow. Which is a shame. But I told a story for the first time on Thursday night in Sacramento. It was probably a 17-minute story. Wow. I, ended, I used it as my closer Saturday, both shows. first time I told it, the second and third times I told it were as my closer. 17-minute story. It is like I, and I finally told the story about, uh, and I just have been finding the right time to do it. I finally tried for the first time to tell a story about uh, my, I, I had a job as a 976 operator. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, And I probably came up with 25 minutes of material this weekend that I am super happy about. 25 minutes of material, not counting the one time I told this 976 story that I think is going to be killer. So if you add that, I probably came up with 35 minutes of new material this weekend. That's great. I'm... I'm so beside myself happy, I can't even tell you. So I um, should I text Tony?
1: Uh, it wouldn't hurt, you
0: know. Okay. Um, I, so should, I'm. You sh- should see the tweets that we. Yeah, know, we I just want to text him real quick. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. Hold on a second, everybody. All right. Uh, I just sent. I know that was great. Running ten minutes late. Oh, I just saw him. Okay. Um. All good. He's coming. He's running a little late. So, but this weekend as a comic, great. And um, I'm taking a couple weeks off. And I'll. Pro- I have. I think I have seven sets in town this weekend. Of uh, this week, and I think I got seven next week, and the seven the week after that. And I'm gonna. F- I am so determined right now as a comedian to prove my worth. I, it took me a while to kind of figure it out, but, and I'm going to ask Tony about this because I don't know Tony that well, but it, I, you know what I've discovered is that in, with the cool kids, right? And I'm not a cool kid and never have been in the cool kid group. Um, and I, as far in comics, I'm not with the cool kids. And, but with the cool kids, the Chelsea lately moniker was almost a negative. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's an assumption kind of, kind of the type of comic I am, and and I think I maybe I played into it a little bit, but um, I'm I am so determined to pro- prove my worth, man, that I, I I I can't wait for people to see this stuff. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. So if you're out there listening um which if you hear my voice you are listening um stay tuned man i'm just excited totally. i'm excited man um and you know and you know what else like i don't want to tell a joke sometimes it's hard not to especially when you're doing topical stuff but i don't want to tell a joke that anybody else can tell does that make mm-hmm. sense yeah yeah totally so i want it to be personal enough where it, it you couldn't and that I'm not saying people are stealing from me. I just, to me, right now, that's what I want to do. I want to tell jokes that, uh, uh, and then I'm gonna I mix it up with some goofy songs and shit. But super excited about where things are at. And um. what did you think about the White House correspondence? Did you see it? I didn't see it. I've read like the best jokes from it. Yeah, you know, I, I, Larry Wilmore got in a little hot water for saying the N word. Meh. He is. I know. I think it's pretty ridiculous. I don't have a problem with him saying the N-word. I have a problem with the fact that I don't think the joke was funny. And I have more of a problem with, okay, as a comic, you have to be, especially in that situation, and especially with a president who's arguably has as good of timing as you do. As far as timing and jokes, dude, Obama's fucking funny. And natural, dude. He delivers a joke really well, dry really well. So you got to be hyper-aware. So then you can't touch on anything he's touched on. And I thought when he said Obama out and dropped the mic, mm-hmm. that's almost in the same tone of what Larry Wilmore did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not, no, he didn't say the N-word, but kind of the same out kind of, right? I think you got to find a different way to do it. And also, if you want to shock people, which is fine, it, and you want to shock people with the n-word which is fine also like it's not my thing but you can make it funny at the white house correspondence dinner look if if earthquakes on stage he's not shocking anybody <laughs> but with larry wilmore at the at the white house correspondence dinner nobody's expecting that that's what i mean by a shock
1: was it really too shock though i mean it
0: just kind of was like mm-hmm. yeah you did it you're great it wasn't too shock. what's yeah. up man Oh shit! I like that jacket. How are you? Come sit right here. Okay. Tony Hinchcliffe, everybody, is joining us hey. here. You know what we're talking about? I'd love to get your uh, point of view on this. We're talking about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You, do you heard that Larry Wilmore caught a little shit for saying the N word? Well, I heard that he bombed first before I even heard he the did N-word. bomb. Yeah, he did bomb. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, like, he's not my favorite. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, he's terrible. He's a comedic actor. He never should have gotten that job. It's ridiculous. Agreed, but that's, um, that's and, also
0: that's also a tough crowd, dude. That's a that's a tough <sighs> crowd.
2: Yeah, it's a tough crowd. Yes, but let me tell you something. He could have done better. He could have had momentum. Kevin Hart does that same thing. You never even hear about it. All you see is instead of it being about the N word, it's about how you know it's about Obama's cool gif you know what I mean mm-hmm. it turns into something else if it's funny and with momentum then there's no controversy it's it, it's when it you can't get away with stuff if you're bombing that's the fun fact about it that's what's cool about the Wilmore thing is that it's about that or it, because he didn't have momentum leading
0: into it you know I, what I mean I've said that a million times like your joke is offensive if it's not funny yeah that's if, it that's it if, if it's funny mm-hmm. people a lot of times look past the words yep if it's not funny, then they're gonna dissect it like a... Because you you have no problem pushing the envelope. No. Okay. I
2: love it. I'm that guy. I know you. The last five Comedy Central roasts I've written for.
0: Yeah, no, I know, and I know, and I watch you on stage, and you have no problem. Part of it is confidence, yeah. Like, if you're going to push the envelope, you can't do it timidly. Right. You can't have, you know, Larry Wilmer was up there, poor, poor guy, bald, glasses. I mean, not you, gra- and not going to do it. And he wasn't as funny as Obama. Obama, right. I was just saying, yeah. has great timing, by the way. Yeah. That dude. Presidential timing. I know. <laughs> and with such confidence, he, and listen, he dropped the mic. That's uh, My thing has always been with jokes, look, at the, first and foremost, you're never going to offend me with a joke. You offend me if it's not funny. Right. I, I mean, I'm a Jew, so for me, and people have said before, I, ever, I did a college once and said the word Jew, and somebody said, ooh, and I go, what's going on? And they go, that's offensive. I said, I'm Jewish. hmm Why is that offensive? Yeah. And the guy, this is what I heard from the audience. Well, you just offended yourself. I'm like, not really. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just offended yourself. Yeah, you just offended. Do you have people, everybody who comes to your shows at this point in time kind of knows what they're getting into? Yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. And the people that even didn't know what they're getting into, they're so surrounded by people that are into it that yeah. they sort of are stuck just being into it. They, they have to sort of go along for the ride. I'll just i I'll just stare them down, you know what I mean? Uh, w- while destroying, I'll literally be looking at them, you know what I mean? Until you- they just crack. Your confidence
0: normally,
1: level, by the way.
0: Yeah. This is what this is what's <laughs> been amazing to me. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, a lot of times I'll go to the store and I watch and I and I don't go up, especially in the past when I've been performing so much. But even before people knew who you were, I was always like, this dude. I call it big dick confidence. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude's got big dick confidence. Yeah. Like. Confidence where you're like there's got to be something some other reason why he that's why I call it big dick Totally right? makes total sense right because I'm like this dude is Delivering you know, jokes. that's where
2: the word cocky actually comes from is it Most really people never really think about that But it's like yeah cocky is like oh, you know, he's cocky. Oh that I mean, makes sense Yeah a lot of fucking cock,
0: but dude you like when you would I would watch you. I'm like this dude is delivering jokes like somebody who has been doing it for 20 years and and that everybody paid $100 to come see. Mm -hmm. And so where does that come from for you? I, you know, I just really think that I was sort of
2: built for this. I, you know, I mean, it's just sense of humor has been everything that got me through the, barely everything that I've made it through. Right. You know, it's like sort of crazy. I don't know, and maybe I'm just like a super bastard too. (laughs) Because, you know, my mom and dad were married uh, to other people. When they had me. So it's like they they were having an affair with their significant others for eleven years before this demon
0: seed. Wait, 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 yeah, wait. Yeah. So your mom and dad were married mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. Living with other people. And then they had you. Eleven
2: years into dating on the side. You were an eleven year side yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did they ever end up together? Nope. Nope. They, they stayed with their respective others? Well, they ended up getting divorced with their respected others and going on to date other people and get, get married to other people.
0: So were you ever under a roof with
2: your mom and dad? Nope. Never. Not once. That's oh, yeah. amazing. I've never slept in the same place as my mom and my dad. That's sort of crazy. I've never even thought of that before. I've hung out with my mom and dad a bunch. Like, At the same the time?
0: Yeah. And so are they friendly? Yeah. Because it almost seems to me that I know this seems. If you're looking at a silver lining, with most breakups, when the, with kids, it's so people are so mean to each other. But it seems in that situation, there probably wasn't that animosity was do you know what i mean like people are married for 11 years when they break up what are we gonna do with the kid and all that stuff becomes like a real like for me when i split with my ex yeah
2: i mean there's definitely animosity in the way that they were you know they had this crazy in love super like super thing i mean they weren't getting what they wanted from their significant others and they're old school italian so getting a divorce is like you know the worst thing that they can do Mm I mean they ended up doing it cuz it ended up being okay. You
0: know what I mean? As time yeah. went on, like people are like, "Oh yeah, divorce is cool now. You can do it." But back then, <laughs> by the way, I think kids who get teased in the playground now would be like, "Nay, nay, nay, your parents are still together." Yeah, do you exactly. know what? I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a loser. Yeah, what a freak. You and, got you know, two
2: parents? <laughs> fucking loser. And I think it helps, you know, that uh, when it comes to the comedy and my confidence is like you know, I feel like I sort of have a crazy purpose. I feel like I'm a little bit different than other people. I just always have. And mm-hmm. it was a thing that was, you know, it's a flip-sided coin. Because, for example, you know, I was so, so, so depressed the ages of, like, 18, 19, 20, 21. Were you in college? I, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little bit.
0: Where Barely. was that? 18, 19, 20, 21, where were you? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, did you go to Ohio State? Yeah. Um, and so when you're there... We, were you, st- So no confidence?
2: Um. Well, no. I had confidence and swagger, but, you know, I was working in a restaurant, so that doesn't were you work. popular? Did you have f- a lot of friends
0: in college? Uh, it's sort of
2: interesting. You know, I did, but I didn't hang out with them a lot. I ended up working a lot at nighttime. I had a good job working at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Oh, that's a good one. And I was a food runner, which means you get 10% of all the waiters and waitresses tips at the end of the night. Which is a lot of money because sometimes there's more than ten or twelve routes. What do you walk out with? About four hundred for like. By the way, it's a dinner house, so it was open from like I don't know five to eleven. Yeah. And so that's you know easy. You walk in. All I was doing was carrying trays for six hours and sitting them next to a table, and then a server would serve them. I'd go back, grab another tray, put that out. You know. Anyway, um, did you get a job? Were you somebody who worked at a young age? Yeah. Immediately on my 16th birthday. I
0: started bagging groceries. You know what I find and I did too. I was uh, 14 I was washing dishes, but I can tell work ethic wise When I ask that question to people I think I already knew the answer mm-hmm. because I, I look at how much work you put into your craft I'm like well this dude's been obviously been working for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's super important
2: Oh my goodness. It totally is. I mean, it's on it's crazy how You know, I have a lot of crazy things that I I love my career right now. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I have so many friends that I started with that literally don't have one tenth of what I have going on. And there's no mystery at all to me. It has, you know, yes, it has to do with funny and confidence and this, sure. But in all reality, it's all about the work. It's all about the work. Bill Burr. Uh, actually taught me something really cool a few years ago. I remember, I, it was like one of the first times I ever talked with him, and I'd been biting my tongue for years, but I never liked to bother anybody, you know right. what I mean, or kiss ass, or, you know, whatever. But he just murders the OR. It's like four years, or three or four years ago. Murders, I mean, decimates the OR with something that, like, had just happened that week. Something about, maybe, I don't know who, it doesn't matter. With But I just remember it was something that had just happened, like, a few days before. And I... Finally, maybe I maybe I had a drink or I just smoked pot and I mm-hmm. got a little excited. and I said, I'm, "Let's go for it." And I said, "Bill, hey, you know," and he, and he sort of knew me because I was a door guy there for years, working my way up. You know, I worked like, the door there too. Really?
0: Yep. Wow, that's so cool. Mitzi told me she when she passed me, she called me over and she goes. <laughs> You're funny and you're handsome. You're like a young Steve Gutenberg. Oh, <laughs> I can sort of see that. I like that. She said, "I want to. I want you to work the door." Which, at the, wow, by the way, that's great. I didn't know at the time that working the door to her—that's a compliment. Huge. To, do you know what I mean? And oh. somebody had to tell me. By the way, dude, that means she likes you. Yeah, she wants you to sit and soak it up and yeah. learn. Yeah, you're playing shortstop for the Yankees. Yeah, that was yeah. a huge deal for her. That, that if she puts you to work for her, that means she wanted you around it yeah. all of the time. Totally. It and was. A, I
2: really used that to my advantage. I mean, I learned how to like hang out with people and yeah. talk with people till you know three in the morning. That's one of the things that the store. A lot of people you know This is something cool about the store that I've noticed recently that I don't think ever really gets talked about Is one of the real magical things about the comedy store which goes every night of the year until 2 a.m. Plus is That the comedians learn how to hang out and be cool until 2 or 3 a.m. you learn that there And then you think about the people that go to festivals and end up making deals and this and that and what's this and what's that well those are deals, those relationships, those are happening, you know where? At the yeah. fucking at the hotel. Midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I did some fucking crazy shit there that helped my career (laughs) tremendously, you know? I had fun hanging with the Netflix people there last time, and I was sitting on a special. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm not going to get too deep into the story, but, yeah, we riffed and talked about it, and we're hanging out in the middle of the night talking about it. You know what I mean? So, Is that something
0: that, coming out of Columbus, you weren't too confident talking to other people?
2: Do you feel like that? That really? No, no, I'm not saying that. I've always been a social, super cool, you know, like at the parties and yeah. this and that. Always, I'm talking. I'm talking about jujitsu black belt. God, you know what I'm saying. God, I, I do. I'm talking about. Do, yeah. I'm talking about being a communicator that does it seven nights a week. Every, you know, I don't have kids. I don't I, – I. any girlfriend I've had in the past years, all they all know straight up first thing. You find out is career comes first, yep. and I'm obsessed. I mean obsessed, and that's how I tell them. I leave no bones about it, so that they're not shocked when – I'm out every single night. Every single night. Are you out every day? Every single night, and that's what I was getting at was this Bill Burr thing. So I finally go up to him after a few years of just saying hello and shaking hands once in a while, and I go – Bill, That was so amazing what you just did on stage. I mean the fact that you can take something that just happened and So easily Crush I mean destroy is unbelievable You know normally say something like that to somebody and they go. Thank you. That's very nice Mm -hmm. But he's so fucking cool that he taught me something he gave me I I, I'd probably guess a hundred thousand dollars worth of advice in the next words that came out of his mouth and he goes You think it's easy? What I did, it's not. I, I, I sit there writing all day, all day. Nothing's easy. I write more than when you wake up late because you're hungover. I already wrote, I already wrote for hours. I wrote all it took hours and hours. Plus all my stand-up, hours and hours. I worked on that. That's what I did, it wasn't easy. You know what I'm saying? He gave me yeah. this, this fucking gift. And what my point is that Bill Burr is telling you that it ain't about being funny. It's about being funny and putting in the damn work and taking Mm -hmm. pride in the work. And boom. You know what I mean? That was a huge, like I was saying, jujitsu black belt. You know what I mean? That's a fucking, that was purple. You know what I mean? I was working my way up. When 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 I hear things like that. Yeah. That he's working. So if he's working, then, and I'm, I can't even watch yes, him. I yeah. can't watch him or I get mad because I think I'll never... It drives me crazy that I can't fast forward 10 or 15 I years know. and be there. <laughs> yeah. I, know, yeah. I, I know that I want to be able to move a room like that. It's my dream, right? But I know I cannot do it in the next
0: 5 to 10 years. It's impossible. There's no shortcut. Right. You know what's funny is I've said that before. I think on this show I've basically said, look, the reason... That comedy, and I think comedy right now, is at a level I don't know in my lifetime it's ever been at. Okay? Yeah. But it's because of Rogan and Burr and Louis C.K. and Kevin Hart and Chris Rock and all these people who use... Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Let's just use Chappelle. Who does potluck Mm -hmm. at the store at 1 Mm a.m. Now, guys, potluck is... Basically, the store's open mic. Yeah, it's the ultimate huge
2: blowout. Over 40 comedians do three-minute-long sets.
0: He comes in at 1 a.m. How many people are there at 1 a.m.? Probably about 40. Dave Chappelle will come in at 1 a.m. and just sit and try jokes. Yeah. In front of a 40
2: scattered, by the way. Yes, so I mean, if, you, if you haven't been there, don't put it like all the together, grouped together. <laughs> We're talking about 40 people with, you know, 20 feet of space between them all.
0: And these are people who might as well have been on an eight hour <laughs> ship, like a voyage. Right. Do you totally, know what I mean? Totally. They've been through it, right? they have literally seen 30, 40, 50 people at that point. And I've always said that. If he's doing that. If Rogan is doing seven sets a week, if Burr mm-hmm. is, if Louis, then who the fuck am I right. not to be out? Right. Look at it, you know. Look
2: at the marathon. If they're still running at that pace and they're that far ahead of you, yeah. Then how can you catch up? You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it.
0: I I read. Um,
2: that you grew up in a rough neighborhood. Yeah, Youngstown, Ohio. That's where I'm really from. Did I spent you... a couple years in Columbus, but Youngstown all the way.
0: Did you have to? Did you have to? Very, fight? Mu- very
2: much so. Very. It was the most dangerous neighborhood you've ever heard of. Like it's insane. I mean, I know a lot of people go on and on about being from Detroit and L.A. Yeah. and this and that, but I mean, when I first got here and I went to Compton, I could not believe how beautiful it was. <laughs> My expectations, <laughs> like it's like a luxurious fucking place. I mean, it's really nice. All the <laughs> (laughs) grass is green. (laughs) I mean, where I'm from, man, it was nothing but danger and potholes and brown dirt, grass, just dirt and bad and not good. Very dangerous. So how did you get through that? Um, And did it shape your comedy? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I learned very early on that I could uh not bully people, but I could use my verbiage as a weapon. Mm-hmm. I learned that if I can make people laugh at people, then a they'll like me, and b they won't want to get on my bad side, you know, mm-hmm. so that though my whole roasting thing started very early on as I wouldn't call it a defense mechanism, maybe an offense mechanism uh in order to stay cool and relevant and make people laugh. I would roast the teachers during class and I'd get in trouble. I mean, I have I set like records at my <laughs> schools. I'm serious. They held me back in 4th grade just for my they were telling me I was ADD and giving me giving me Ritalin. My principal in high school told my mom that I would never be able to have a normal job and fit into that society. That can't be true. I swear to god. He he's all he's obsessed with is making people laugh. It's obnoxious. They they were trying to like behavior personality it, and now I have you know ten different comedy projects going on, and I'm loving it and touring and traveling and helping this person punch this thing up and doing this gig and you know shooting a movie and blah 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 blah. I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying like it's crazy to me, and that's sort of one of the things that I like hope to get to do one day is like maybe give some scholarship like the class clown scholarship or something. Would you
0: do it from Youngston? Probably Youngstown? yeah, Youngstown. Yeah, Youngstown. And was that was that were you living with your mom or your dad at the time? Mom. So you never lived with your dad. Nope. Have yeah. a relationship with your dad? Yeah. Uh
2: huh. He's I, a cool old school
0: Italian guy. You see, I would. I don't think I would have pegged you as Italian. Yeah. Do you hear that a lot? All the time. Yeah, I don't think I want to peg you as Italian. Like old school, like Roman Catholic, old school. My dad
2: owns the Italian restaurant in Youngstown, like the main Italian. It's a super Italian community because Youngstown was built right in between Chicago and New York. Mm -hmm. So it became a huge Italian hub. And that's where a lot of the mafia, you hear references of Youngstown and Goodfellas and the Sopranos and all this stuff. Youngstown's a really prominent, was when I was growing up, which is another fun fact about my life, is that, uh, you know, they were in the... They were into, you know, both of my parents were into, uh, you know, running some really? numbers and racketeering, a little gambling. Not anymore, you know, but back in the day. But Did you ever did you ever help out? No. Well, sort of, in a crazy <laughs> in a, in a crazy way, I guess I sort of did because I would pick up the phone as a kid mm-hmm. at the house, you know, when, like, you're a little kid, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, you you're know, like, hello, you know what I mean? Well, what's funny is that, my mom used to be like one of the people that would take all these people's you know There's like this illegal lottery called running numbers. Yeah, you know what I mean? And she would take all their calls You know she'd have notebooks three 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 four six five blah 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 and all this stuff right anyway So it was like a big organized thing and people would call they remember this happening a few times like five six seven times in a row people would call and I would pick up the phone and uh, You know people would go hello is Gina there? and i'd go uh no gina here sorry you know wrong number and i'd hang up Uh right and eventually i said to my mom i go after like a couple weeks i go hey uh a lot of people been calling here and asking for some <laughs> lady named Gina, <laughs> and that's not my mom's name. Yeah, and so she goes, "Oh my god, how many fucking people call?" I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember her getting mad about this and me being like, "What? No matter who fucking calls, no matter who the fuck they ask for, you put me on the phone. You understand?" You know what I mean? I mean, not she doesn't really have that kind of Italian accent, but
0: yeah, but but we like to think. But in our she does
2: that. when you're talking about that kind of stuff. Hey, you ever see? anything crazy because of that? Um, other than like, you know, a stack of cash in a newspaper once, you know what I mean? Like somebody handing off something to someone, you know, they, 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 a lot of envelopes passed. I've seen a lot of that, but I mean, that's it. Never seen anybody get hurt or anything like that.
0: Did you get on stage there or Columbus or did you wait? I waited.
2: I waited. There was something that happened to me where I became sort of, uh, like, I don't know how to put it, but like the comedy store kept popping up in my life. That one of my favorite things was uh, Man on the Moon really yeah. moved me that movie. I was obsessed with Jim Carrey at the time. That was my guy, even though he was fading out and struggling. You know what I mean? Cable guy and stuff like that. Um, and it really touched me in a crazy place. I sort mm-hmm. of became obsessed with Andy Kaufman and I went and read books about him and wondered if he was still alive. That whole ending got me. By the way, you,
0: if you get a chance, should talk to Mary, you know who Mary Lou Henner is? Yeah. She, she, she would, did Taxi with Yeah, them. she was did this podcast too. Wow. But she has some, uh, and will- Oh my you God. Know, she, Amazing Andy Kaufman stories. Not only does she have amazing Andy Kaufman stories, but she has one of those memories that only 57 people in the world have that she remembers every second of her life. Whoa. So when I tell you she has crazy stories, yeah. she remembers them to the fucking letter. And she knows exactly what parts to tell you. Oh, some of the stories she told me off the air, Yeah. amazing. If you get a chance to talk to her, but, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Well, I mean, and then, and, 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 uh, you know, I watched Letterman growing up and, you know, loved Sam Kinison clips that I had seen and Jim Carrey and all this stuff, and it just sort of built this comedy store thing up in my head like I felt like I could really there was just something in my gut from the first time I saw it at the end of uh, Man on the Moon Mm -hmm. you just see like the neon and the black shiny and I'm like what? Is that red, dirty neon with yeah. black shiny? It's like some of them flickering, yeah, yeah. man. I there's just some it, as weird as it sounds, but it just drew me in. And then you know, I saw like the Rogan Mencia thing, and that was right before I started like months. That's when I'm like, I'm done, it's time.
0: Here we go. I think that Rogan Mencia thing was the first time I actually thought to myself. Oh, this internet thing can fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, before I was like, oh, let's look at some porn. But now I'm like, then I was like, oh, this internet could fuck up your
2: life. Totally. Look at Larry Wilmore right now. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) He's touring with Carlos
2: Mencia. So the first time you got on stage was at the Mm -hmm. store? Yep really First time i signed up for the potluck open mic and i drew number 14 out of 15 which is really good yeah and i had fun man well actually i forgot everything that i was going to talk about do you remember what you were going to talk about pedestrians it was just a dumb idiot rant the kind that i hear a lot of people do on my podcast now where right. i pull names out of a bucket and they do a, a new minute oh kill People Tony. that just started yeah. yeah anyway so it's just i mean it was garbage but what's sort of cool is that i completely blanked out i had prepped for a month for this uh-huh. one three minute set i'm like i'm <laughs> to go into the store and do it <laughs> how many times did you say it in in front of a mirror none none, none? none. so when you prepped what do you mean you prepped? I just kept writing and reading it at the park you know i'd go sit at this park around yeah. the corner from where i lived in burbank and just read it all by myself and add little things and take out things it was garbage i mean garbage i i should go find that somewhere yeah you should boxes yeah
0: you should um oh
2: yeah that'd be a hot
0: instagram yeah exactly you should Ooh. definitely fucking play, yeah, take I'd, a picture of that and I'd, send it out totally
2: uh but what's cool is that I blanked out completely. Now, so what I ended up doing was is I ended up, what's crazy is that this ended up being my style. I found out immediately what I was like for the first time in a microphone in my hand doing stand-up because part of what I do, what I like to do is sort of just plow forward and break down the walls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I literally go, all right, nice to meet you guys. Uh, wow, uh, I've been prepping for this. This is my first set for a month. And I literally just blanked out and I have no idea what I was going to talk about. I mean, it's sort of not, like, I mean, and I just kept going. Like, I mean, how big of an idiot am I? But meanwhile, it was getting pops because everybody could feel the honesty. They could feel the realness. I'm like, wow, this sucks for me right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, couldn't be any worse than what's happening right now, (laughs) right? I just kept going. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I just keep, saying what I really think. Yeah. If I just v- use it, it just be like a circulation system instead of a something trying to do something. Yeah,
0: instead of a filter system. R- yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know that it was a co- that is a complete blessing because what you learned your first time, it usually takes people 2 years mm-hmm. to get the
2: balls to do. And what's funny is that I spent the next 2 years trying to do that that good again. I I, <laughs> I after that first one, I I would try to mimic and I would right. try to, try. I was trying like, it's sort of like what I just said. It's right. amazing how it's, simple it is. It's exactly what it was. You were trying yep. instead of being. Whereas the first time I wasn't trying, I was just being. But after that, I'm like, well, that went well. So I have to do that. Yeah. And that's something that fucks people up. It's like, Ooh, that
0: one set went well. I have to do that. Yeah, that, that does. That's like when you, I don't know how, like sometimes when you do crowd work, right? And I know you do crowd mm-hmm. work, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, that's going to be a great joke. So I write it down and then you do it again when it wasn't crowd work and it sucks a dick. Yeah. And because you're trying to replicate instead of just kind of being right. Right. I will tell you, you know, the lesson you learned, it took me a lot longer. I'll tell you when I learned it. I was, I was a single dad raising three kids. I was living in one bedroom. Wow. I was making $1,100 a month. Wow. Joey Diaz was my babysitter. Whoa, that's the craziest part of everything Oh, the Joe Diaz <laughs> stories are amazing You know, I've known Joey since Seattle like okay. what? Okay, but
2: okay, you know Joey's like my favorite human being in the world I am my favorite stand-up comedian.
0: Okay, you know I knew Joey when he was 210 pounds and used to do his stand-up in a three-piece suit Oh, I, I, have, I have a couple pictures if you want to see oh, dude, that's he, amazing three-piece suit He would go on stage Um and he would end his set with a street joke. I, I mean it, it was the, wow. yeah, he ended his set with a street joke. I was, okay, but this is where I learned what you learned, luckily your first time. I was in that, right? And I was still getting on stage and and um, I was telling jokes that were entirely forgettable. Anything that doesn't have a piece of you in it, I think is entirely forgettable, mm-hmm. right? And I was telling jokes that didn't, you know, I didn't really, wasn't, didn't care about. And so one night, I go down to the improv, and um, because I was living in such a fucking horrible situation, it just bubbled over on stage. I didn't do the jokes I wanted to do. I told a story about what happened to me that day. Mm -hmm. And not only did it get laughs, it got a different type of laughter. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it, it, it it was also it kept teaching me lessons a month after cuz someone who would see me a month before was like hey you know that story you told nobody had ever a month later remembered a joke of mine because right. there was nothing personal there was right. no truth to it yeah but what i learned from this one thing you know what else you i learned because that same night that you you do your first set mm-hmm. things that if you wrote down on a piece of paper that don't look like a punchline we're probably getting laughs right totally out of honesty and Right. Yep. So that it was such a great lesson for me to learn. Like sometimes you don't have to have a ba dump bump to get the laugh. Right. You have to be yourself and be honest. And by the way, I didn't really learn it my first
2: time. It just happened my first time. It still took years to realize what what that was. Right. You know what I mean? Like I said, I try I kept trying to replicate it and this and that. So it's still funny, even though I did it the first time. I didn't learn it the first time. That's, there was no like, oh, he's a natural. Because <laughs> set number two was a debacle. Set number, At the store? Set number store? one ended with the host who was mean to the 13 guys before me, guys mm-hmm. and girls, and I mean mean, ruthless, and killing, by the way. The only guy getting laughs was, was the it? host. Ryan O'Neal. Oh my God, I'll never forget it. Because it was a highlight of my life. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I was so nervous, and that's why I blanked out, because there was not a doubt In my world, not for a second, that this was going to be the first set of thousands that I was going to do. I mean, forever. I knew I was going to do it forever before I did it. There was no question.
0: You need, and I would say in any career that you want to be great at, that confidence you're talking about, you need it. Yeah. Because... No matter what career you get into, there are going to be times when that career tries to drown
2: you. And when you think that you don't need the confidence and you look at your heroes and artists that are humble, just know that they're humble in front of you. Yeah. And when they're looking in that mirror in the morning or at the end of the night, they know. They, for a second, they go... You're a bad
0: motherfucker. Yeah, dude. listen, <laughs> by the way, it's easy to be confident when you're the fuck... It's easy to be humble yeah. when you're the best. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. So
0: when you know that you're fucking crushing... Yeah, yeah. When you know you're Dave Chappelle... Yeah. Like, Chappelle is... is Th- look,
2: and he knows he's not even that humble. That's what's funny. He is, but he isn't. But because he'll sneak it on. You. Yes, I'm a genius. Bit.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? The place goes crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know, one of the one of the times I saw Prince, he um started to go into this medley of his songs, and he called that medley, "I've got too many hits,"
1: <laughs> and
0: he would his the chorus to the medley was a,I uh, "I got too many hits, uh, I got too many hits, uh. <laughs> Oh shit! And I fucking loved it because oh, I was yeah. like. How ballsy do you have to be to start singing a medley? You've already played every song I've ever uh, known. Now you have 15 other ones that you just don't have time for. So uh, you have a medley uh, called "I've Got Too Many Hits." Uh, I was like, this dude just slapped everybody with his dick yeah. and walked off stage.
2: You know, uh, you know. Uh, on that note, there's one that uh, I also want to share with you is like how, if you if you play like double humble though, it cancels it out. Like, for example, when I go see Tom Petty live, have you ever seen Tom Petty? No. First of all, you, next time he's Great in show? town, we're going. I'm going to take you to Tom Petty. And here's why. Because it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. He plays double humble, what I'm calling. And he's the only person that uh-huh. I've ever really ever seen that does it continuously throughout his show. But he's so humble that it's blatantly... Egotistical. (laughs) So like like he'll (laughs) he'll come out of like American Girl. Right? He'll be coming out of it. He'll play it third. All hits. Yeah. Like he doesn't play a medley of hits. He's got a zillion. He plays his hits, his best 15 bangers, right? So let's say he comes out of American Girl. I mean everybody. And I mean everybody of all different you've never seen a crowd this mixed. You've never seen a crowd this mixed. Age wise too? Cool black people. Cool Asian people, young, old, middle-aged, wheelchairs, athletes. I like you threw wheelchairs in there. There's wheelchairs. There's everything. I don't know if that's a demographic. Every race, every culture. (laughs) And that's, I was literally getting there before you even asked. It is such a mishmash. And he's coming out of American Girl. Everybody's going nuts, right? Tears in their eyes, fucking like, we're here, we did it. And he does things like this. So he'll come right out of it. And he just all of a sudden goes, oh, did you guys like that one at all?
0: <laughs> yeah. Instead no, of
2: going uh, instead of going, that. are we having fun or what? Or yeah. something like that. He goes, yeah, you guys like that whatsoever? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And so what he gets is a double applause break because they go, <laughs>
1: "Yeah, we like that."
2: <laughs> and then he'll even like then what the best part is like he he's even humble with his next setup, you know what I mean? Oh, well, that's cool, enough. Well, this next song you may have heard of it uh, once or twice before maybe. Uh, if not, then I guess it's new to you. It goes a little like this. Banana uh, man, you know what I mean? So like the next one, he sets it up humble. He That's closes humble. <laughs> oh, uh, you, you, did you think that was okay? Like that? Like it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it was
0: it was okay, Tom. I-, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you something. Now that I'm thinking about Tom Petty, he could play 25 bangers. It's unbelievable. Because it's does every song you play, you're like, oh, I fucking know this one too. Oh yeah. Does he play from the Heartbreakers also? Oh yeah.
2: The Heartbreakers are with him, dude. Oh, he tours with the Heartbreakers. Killing, yeah. Oh, I think so. Where did you see them? Heartbreakers at the. uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Were they at the Ford? No, I saw them at the one that's uh, like 45 minutes south, the Orange
0: County one. Which one's that? Uh, you got to be more specific. The amphitheater. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Irvine amphitheater. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Did you see him, Aaron? Yeah, I saw him at the Bowl a couple years ago. At the Bowl, and they he toured with the Heartbreakers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've been together, they were only apart for like a yeah. half a second
1: in yeah. like 1990.
0: I I mean, I think that's one of the concerts, you know, I gotta tell you, I have a friend of mine who's a huge Springsteen guy, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen Springsteen or Petty, mm-hmm. but he's always like, you gotta come see Springsteen. I go, before I see Springsteen, I gotta see Petty. Yeah,
2: man, you do. And here's why, look, Springsteen's great, he's got a lot of energy in his live show. If you like have energy, you energy, if you need energy, mm-hmm. if that's the types of things that you're into, Yeah, a guy walking back and forth. My God, he's like 60 and he doesn't (laughs) stop moving. Yeah, I get it. That's cool. Right. I'll watch Tom Petty stand in one fucking spot and And annihilate And I mean annihilate Does he stay in one place? Oh, well, I mean, he's not one to move around at all. I mean, he just fucking stands there killing it with the guitar with a smile on his creepy scarecrow face. Uh, But his voice. Same hat? The top hat? Oh, he switches it up. Oh, dude, he's the best dress fucking performer out of them all. I, I agree with you. I, I mean, listen. He was I, wearing a red glitter suit, uh, like seven piece, red, shiny. He was like changing colors, red to black, and like
0: crazy shit was going on. I have to tell you, the only thing, well, there are a lot of things that I'm jealous about rock stars for, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, the. they I'm, can wear anything. I'm so with you on that. Because Call if you saw a guy walking across the street, you're like, what the fuck is he wearing? You're like, he's a rock star. You're like, oh,
2: okay. You are talking about something that has deeply affected me in the past week. <laughs> let me tell in the you the past week? Yes, let me tell you Okay. Why. Last Saturday, uh, I did a spot at the Comedy Store Main Room, and I had so much fun, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I had a blast, We're putting it humbly. And I'm, I go right back. I'm sitting in the main room green room all by myself. Saturday night's the coolest show of the week. If you're on that main room lineup, you're super lucky. It's so fun. It's a blessing. I'm so lucky. And I just crushed. And it just so happened to be a lot of crowd was still there and this and that. And I'm sitting back there all by myself, the adrenaline just flowing like, oh, it's going to be a fun night. I'm going to go do a shot of tequila. It's going to be hot. Everything's great. And it was. And Pauly Shore comes in. Now, mind you, I am a comedy store guy. Yeah. Yeah born and bred. I love it. I believe in the place. I've been there for the whole ride. I always thought there was a big boom coming back like what there is now. I knew that place was going to be packed. I knew I was going to be part of it and all this stuff, right? But me and Polly, for some weird reason, we've never really worked together that much. He always had my roommates and buddies like go on the road with him and stuff like that. And I was just sort of like the, you know, the the goy, yeah. you know, door guy. You know, and anyway. Uh, but I've learned to, like, have this cool, loving, neat little, barely, uh, when we, the rare chance that both of us get to catch up once every four or five months or so, we have a nice five-minute talk. Yep. Yeah. And he's watched me grow for nine years. That's something worth noting. And even though he's poly Shore... He is Mitzi Shore's son. Yeah, There's a little bit of fucking crazy stuff in that brain. You know what I a mean? A little? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the type of crazy where I mean like genius. Yeah. Intuition, insight. Yeah. Like. Okay. So he comes back in the green room and he goes, dude, that was fucking awesome, bro. Like, great set. You mind if I give you a note? And I'm like, wow, this is going to be cool. I love notes from anybody, from everything. Yeah. Always love notes. I feel like people are always afraid to give them to me, maybe because I'm a writer or I'm a this. And right. It was ego. He's just going to, he'll probably make fun of me to his friends about me giving him this note. So I feel like I never get them, right? Right. But he goes, dude, can I give you a note? And I go, yeah, fuck yeah, Pauly, that'd be great. And he goes, you know, like something that like, my mom would probably say to you. I'm like, hell yes. He goes, dude, you are killing it up there but you're dressed like, you know, you're just like chilling. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at myself and I'm sort of wearing what I'm wearing now yeah. sort of just like a sleek sport yeah. like just like a sporty like yeah. thing. And but the way he said it and the way it hit me I could not agree with him more. And he literally, as soon as he said it, I started thinking like, you know, bigger collar, nice jacket, something Bowie-ish. And as soon as it hit my brain, he goes, you know, like David Bowie, sort of like a little bit, like on a Saturday night, you know what I mean? You should up your game. And he's just so right. And it was such a cool moment that I just had. A week and two days ago is literally the what the, is... the moment where I, you're going to notice, everybody's going to notice, damn it, that I'm going to start dressing a little bit better, at least on, you know, bigger show nights. He was right. I was in the main room laying it down, this complete unknown guy, and I'm sort of just wearing a hoodie. Yeah. I was. I was wearing a hoodie zipped all the way up, and it's like, what am I, what am I doing? why I don't know. Am I trying to connect? Because even on a Saturday, if I wasn't a comedian, if I was, if I wasn't, I don't think I would be dressing schlubby. Right. I feel like I would want to feel. I like feeling good how I dress, and when you dress up, you feel good. Are
0: you talking about like dressing maybe like hardwick, like a
2: casual no, suit no, kind of thing? No, not suitish. No, I'm talking about cool. You know what I mean? Like just get a cool fucking jacket, and a cool you know black dress shirt, and yeah. just go bigger and cooler, like more like Bowie. Not like I mean not extreme Bowie, but like like go more rock yeah, star not instead, of, instead of Ziggy stardust. Instead, I'm not gonna go business corporate like Chris Hardwick. <laughs> I'm like I don't want. I don't want to look like my own agent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how those guys do it, man. That's the part. Like, like I said, I like feeling good. Yeah. When I'm in a suit, you know, that's like what I mean. That court funerals. Yeah.
0: Comedy. I, I don't think it goes together. From well, I think for some people it does because they look again. It goes back to what you what makes you feel good right Right. yeah i remember when i did last comic the guys were like hey no no hat and no t-shirts jacket and collared shirt and i was like hey just so you know that's not gonna fit my who am i yeah and it's gonna be a hat yeah and i said it and it's gonna be really weird um it's gonna make me feel weird which is gonna make my jokes right right if I performed in a hat, I'd be fucked, dude. I tried it a couple times. Didn't it didn't work? It,
2: it fucks me up. Can I tell you something? By the way, I- feel like, I don't know where the, how to get the light <laughs> in my eyes.
0: Oh, I've come become a master of that. Of course. I did something on Last Comic that I thought was going to be funny because I was performing in front of comics. hmm It was at, uh, we were at the Pasadena, we are doing whatever, theater, and there were three judges were comics, and I had to follow the first time anybody had ever seen Josh Blue. Whoa. Right, yeah, so he, he got a rolling ovation. Right? Exactly. Wait, wait, he doesn't. Run. He, he's not in a wheelchair. No, but he, he, but joke <laughs> he, lands exactly. Yeah. Right. So, but he's. They asked him to do seven minutes. He got three out. Yeah. He dropped the mic, and he didn't even. And that was in the middle. Not of Not on his purpose. Set. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. He dropped. By the way, he needed that long
2: of applause because it took him a while to get off stage. Josh Blue has cerebral palsy, and I yes. apologize for making that joke.
0: Don't apologize. He yeah. he's on board with that shit. Okay. I great. follow him, and I say. Because, I, how am I gonna follow him? I have to acknowledge it as a comic, but the best way yeah. to follow it is. And I said, hey, everybody, one more time for Josh Blue. I, I can't believe that they made me follow a prop comic, right? Yeah. For me, I think the judges are gonna laugh because they're comics. Right. And I think the other comics will enjoy it. Yeah.
2: But they were—they had already moved forward. Fucking it's one crickets. of the—it's one of those things where you were doing a callback to something they were already moving on for.
0: I know, and it just happened two seconds I ago. I know,
2: I know. And but they were like, every once in a while, that shit had. Trust me, <laughs> yeah. Because I always love taking a chance and popping that open. Yeah, It's why a not, risky right? move. It's yeah. a risky move because you can lose them from the get. And that's where it's that's where you want to get them is from the beginning, and it's where you don't want to lose them. But sometimes you take that chance.
0: I saw a set with you a couple weeks ago where you. Acknowledge you said something up front and you acknowledged afterwards, and it didn't go that well. Mm -hmm. But what was funny to me, what you said, you were like, nah, that joke didn't go too well. You basically said out loud, Luckily, I got a couple killers. Mm -hmm. Basically, telling the crowd, Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And there was no, it didn't, nothing phased you.
2: Oh, yeah, right, honest. Um, I know. I I really believe that I'm sitting on hot fire when I say that. I don't always say that because I don't. Sometimes I I don't know what I'm working on. I knew you believed it.
0: That was the best part. You were like, "Don't worry about that joke." Just so you know, I got some killers coming. I like I like
2: taking them on the adventure with me. I like letting them know what I'm thinking, so that when I am crushing, you know, when I when I am doing good. They can they're with they're with me. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, oh yeah, we were with you a second ago when and you thought one thing didn't go well. Now he's doing it. You know, it almost makes him in a weird way. You can be the 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 confident guy and the underdog, you know?
0: By the way, which is that's a hard trick to pull off. That, it's what that, Trump that, is doing right now, you know. Totally. I mean, it's funny to me, like I always the protesters and all listen. What you're doing is helping him because yeah. you're making him the underdog. When he can't get to his own rally, yep. you're making him the victim. Mm-hmm. It's such a genius thing, and he plays that yeah. like a fucking mastermind. It's it's really amazing. It's, this this group of politicians that are running right now, and, and it's amazing. To and I've said this a bunch of times. Forget his politics, uh, and and all of them. Like they're just funny people. Bernie Sanders. The first time I saw Bernie Sanders. D- do you ever watch the Scooby Doo cartoons? You know, when they catch the swamp monster and they're like, it's a yeah. swamp monster, and they unzip it. You're like, no, it's not. It's old man Sanders. Like, he looks like yeah. every old man totally. that got unzipped out of the fucking Scooby Doo cartoons. And it cracks me up because people are like, the, the you know, if you're president, it ages you. I'm like, what the fuck? That's what I say
2: on stage. What the fuck's going to happen this him? thing where I talk about every president we've had, and I did my research, the last president we've ever had the last 100 years uh, goes in strong-looking and yes. vibrant, <laughs> and after eight grueling years, comes out looking like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> I say that if he gets the White House, it's literally going to be weekend at Bernie's. <laughs>
1: Are they prop it's him last up? About two
2: days. And then he's giving his speeches on puppet strings. I hope Jonathan Silverman shows up for that. Yeah, he was he, Jonathan
0: he, Silverman, by the way, in weekend at Bernie's, Aaron. Just in case you didn't know that. And Andrew could, McCarthy. He could yeah. save
2: Bernie could save money on a tombstone right now. Just go get one and just get his birth year printed at the top. Just just his birth year. Yeah. And then he could take one of those extra Bernie 2016 stickers and smack <laughs> that bitch right on the bottom. That's exactly how long he's going to live for. He's not going to make it. You selfish people just want to watch a man die in office. (laughs) <laughs> then you're going to be stuck with Vice President Hillary fucking Clinton. I, she would never take Vice President. Yeah, I know. I like the fact- Lord knows she doesn't want to be sucking fiddle, you know what I mean? Yeah. She wants to be the main bitch, not the side bitch. I have to- That's p- what, by the way, and I'm sorry that I'm cutting you off, but I That's just right. thought of this right now, literally. It's, it's going to sound like a joke, but yeah. I literally just thought of this. How great would it be if Bernie's running mate was Monica Lewinsky? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. Just fucking firestorms. Oh. Can you imagine that? Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck you, Hillary. Hillary, all the way, just for nothing. He's like, I've got every. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all the decisions anyway. This is my decision. I know a lot of people do not like it, but I am going with Monica Lewinsky.
0: (laughs) I love the accent. I just did that for the first time. Yeah, it's not terrible. No, it's not. Do you have any? Do you do any impressions at all? Zero. I do one. Mm -hmm. I can do Droopy Dog. You know, that really makes me mad. You know, I've only heard Droopy Dog and impressions. I don't even know who that is. Is that true? Yeah. I also do a good impression of my neighbor, Carrie. Ooh. But nobody knows Carrie. Right. But Carrie blasts Fog Hat every day. Oh, shit. And likes to water his lawn with his shirt off. Oh, the best. That's a good neighbor. My,
2: My neighbor is shirtless as well all the time. His name's Sean. He's right across the way from me, and he loves drinking. And he is so... Much fun. I mean, I don't know what the fuck his life is about, but he day drinks like a motherfucker. Do you ever ask him? Yeah, he bartends at night and day drinks during the day, and then, like, takes a nap before a shift and goes in sober. I don't hate it. Yeah, fucking well, I love savage. It. Cool neighbor.
0: Did I hear a rumor mm-hmm. that you, at one point in time, were a vegan? Yeah, for five years. Okay. I, I'll i speed past the preliminary, because people listen to this know this, but I got diagnosed as pre-diabetic, right? And I went hard mm. vegan... So no pasta, like beans, greens, nuts, and seeds for 45 Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. And I dropped a shit ton of weight. All all your unhealthy weight. Yes. Now, I've started to introduce meat back, Uh right? But I had some meat last night, dude. Couldn't sleep. Had the fucking shits.
2: Was Was that your first real meat dose? It was my first. Cause let me tell you something. Here's what happened to me the first yeah, time I me. ate meat. Yeah, tell me. And I ate fogo de chao. Oh I went my! All the way. You went all I went in. Hard with my buddies. It, yeah. was, it was. We literally went out to break my veganism.
0: Wait, how did you decide
2: to break it, and why? <laughs> There's a couple reasons, but really I was doing it originally for my health Like I thought that being vegan would help my mind and help me be Mm clear-minded because I always I was eating a lot of bad food You know fast food and stuff like that And I figured that if I wanted to stop eating fast food I would just have to cut out the garbage immediately all the way everything And so I did it for my work, you know what I mean? But at the same time, when I went vegan originally, I was also sort of depressed, my career wasn't happening, this was you know, five and a half years ago, Mm -hmm. I was still only three years into becoming a stand-up, very hard fucking struggle. Anyway, uh, so I sort of was like, maybe that's not what's affecting me, maybe I was just, you know, I don't know, and also I just sort of wanted to try it again. I was never doing it for the animals, I was doing it for health reasons as well, for my clear mind. And, um, and also my dad just made me feel like an idiot when I told him I was a vegan at his Italian restaurant. (laughs) That's this whole thing. I went in there and I didn't know how to tell him. And by the time I even, I didn't even get a chance to, he's already naming the specials. Like, what do you want me to cook for you today? I got the filet mignon that just came in. I got these fucking, I got this veal that is so fresh. The cow was never even born. (laughs) It's an aborted cow fetus. That is how fresh the veal is. The shit melts in your mouth. I'm like, I'm a vegan. He looked at me like I told him I was gay. And I think he actually would have been happier Would have been happier I just told him I was Hilarious. gay At least he would have been like Well at least you're putting some kind of meat in your mouth You know <laughs> what I mean That's, <laughs> Little animal Those Italian dads man They do not want to hear that you don't eat meat and cheese No but, but my dad doesn't either. Now I'm back on it, man. And I, I'm going hard all the way. Oh yeah. But what happened a, about the, the energy? Mail? The energy thing is like, if you eat red meat and you know, and if you just eat meat with chemicals in it after your body's clean of it, yeah. you got, w- I got wired that night after Fogo to chow. Like people thought I was like on cocaine and I just felt it. Like I, I was like shadow boxing more than usual, which I sort of like to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm sort of like, I like to be moving a little bit uh-huh. cause I stand still a lot. Um,
0: are you a shadow boxer? Just yeah. like at
2: Ralph's you would yeah. start shadow boxing? Well, not at Ralph's. I'd sort of have a purpose if I was at Ralph's, but right. I'm at the store, I'm about to go on, maybe I'm like, you know, trying to clear my mind. I right. do like shadow boxing, as weird as it is. I've always been a boxing fan. Youngstown has a lot of famous boxers yes. from there. Yeah. Boom boom Mancini, Kelly Pavlik.
0: Well, speaking of Boom Boom, so after that first red meat, was it rough? Did, was was that were you on the shitter for like ever not the shitter I felt fucking great I almost felt too good like it was just
2: like whoa whoa my brain was like yeah baby it's about fucking you time. know I don't ever I've never done like testosterone or anything like that but everybody who has done it talks about how it makes you fucking feel good makes you feel powerful yeah strong in your brain which, you know, like we've been talking about, I'm very confident. Yeah. If you give me an extra boost, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> goodbye. All of a sudden, I'm Kanye West. So
0: how often are you eating? Are you digging? Every it single
2: d- day. At red meat every day? I eat red meat every fucking day and how's for it the change, past two months. How's it changed your body? I'm big for the first time. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I was 140 pounds, but I'm big. That, that Wait, what were you before? 130. I couldn't gain How much do you all. weigh? About 140, 145. I mean, how tall are you? five nine
0: I have to tell you what, what the biggest difference for me and and I actually after I've done all these experimenting like and because when I got diagnosed I was scared mm-hmm. basically and a little ashamed to tell you the truth Of course you were having a lot of soda and
2: fast food and stuff
0: no right? none oh. dude never done that Oh it was more my dad never told me that it, it was in our family Oh but I I did eat because I smoke a lot of weed right and I used the mirror as my doctor. I would wake up every morning and be like, I'm fine. But yeah. forget the two bags of Skittles I ate every night. Right. But you know what? It's been more for me than red meat and everything I've decided is just cutting out sugar. Yeah. It's changed the ballgame. Yeah. I was just saying, by the way, and I don't know how this is for you, and I don't know what you do on weekends as far as when you go on the road, but I, it's nice to share this with another comic. This weekend in Sacramento, mm-hmm. best... Weekend for me as a comedian in ten years. That is Not, so
2: funny that you say that. I literally just got done telling my manager today that my weekend in Austin, Texas, was the most fun in my professional career that I've ever had. I it, was just a cap city all weekend.
0: I love cap city. Yeah, but for me, it's opposite of why. Like the crowds, the ticket sales for me were probably lower than they've been in ten years. But the my work as a comedian, as a comic, as an artist this weekend was like. And I am on the humbler side. I never talk about it if I think this weekend, man, uh, something clicked in my storytelling. Right. That was like, and you never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. where I was like, I tried a 17 minute story for the first time ever yeah. on Thursday. I didn't know it was going to be 17 minutes. Yeah. I closed with it both shows Saturday. Yeah. It was like, you know, one of the, when you find a new closer, by the way. You're literally, again, I know I'm being
2: annoying. You might think I'm fucking with you. Same exact thing. Really? Found a, weekend. Did yeah. you find a Six one. minute long closer that I cannot even put anywhere else. I have no choice yes! but to close with it. I don't have a choice. I don't have anything that can come anywhere close to following it. I have nothing. I'm, I'm literally doing it tonight after I do Kill Tony at the comedy store. It's just the one thing I'm going to go downstairs and work on is this then it is a story, and I never tell stories, and it is un fucking believable. I feel the same what way. What it gets, I feel the same and way. And by the way, there's nothing better than that. So I can't imagine how excited oh, we were going through the same dude. thing when you're like us and you live this comedy life, you know the only thing that really can get you excited, it doesn't matter about the audience. I do shows all the time with Rogan and Ross. We do these theaters, you know, I'll do a half hour, they do an hour and boom, and it's insanity, it's a blast. I'm taking my OR Comedy Store Beats and chiseled editing and going into theaters just throwing bows. Right. But sometimes it's a Wednesday at Cap City, when you know that the audio recorder is going and you have this fucking thing yeah. that's turning into a monster, there's nothing more exciting than than the blowing your own mind with those 70 people.
0: You you become one of the 70 yes. people that's like it's working. Let me ask you a question, because I uh, you are a prolific writer. Thank you so much. You are. Um, do you? And I know when you write for other when you, when you write obviously when you write the roast, you sit at home and you write. When you write your own jokes, are you a stage writer or are you at home writer? A little bit of both.
2: I, Do you I mix it up fifty-fifty? I write at home as every single day for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's that process like? You sit in front of the computer and you go. Nope. You don't. Blank piece of paper. I write better with a pen. Also, I go to Paper Source. Me you ever too. Ever been there? Yeah, on Ventura. Uh, mine's at Third and Fairfax. Oh, in the cool part of town. I right. live right next to it. <laughs> I walk to it in twenty seconds. It's unbelievable. And uh, so I have this routine where I'll go in and literally just get the five pack of really nice paper. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll decide I'll go over to the pens and maybe I'll decide that day that I want a red one or a black one or this. Sometimes I'll get black paper and a white pen. Mm. Sometimes I'll get gold paper and a white pen. Sometimes I'll get black paper and a gold pen. And It makes it exciting. It keeps it fresh because you want to see that gold on that black. My goal immediately is, you know, and these are all new fun little habits in my life. I don't get to talk about this ever. I like this paper source talk we're having. (laughs) Because it's good. Because it shows you writing isn't easy. You got to keep yourself excited. It's the
0: hardest thing in the world. There's nothing harder than writing. Because the majority of the time you spend writing is not great. Right, You're really... Trying to find that nugget and I think computers are death
2: by the way I think anybody who thinks they can write on a computer or on a cell phone yeah, go fuck yourself. I, All right, cuz you're distracted. You're not in the right yeah. zone. It's not pure It almost has to be meditative. I I'm, an,
0: I'm still a notebook guy So I still have great. those those mead notebooks. notebooks
2: are dangerous too though And here's why and I know this sounds stupid and I'm being an idiot But here's why I'm anti notebook and pro paper pro singular paper Here's why, is because I feel like a notebook tempts you to want to look back, to want to go back to other stuff that you're already Mm -hmm. working on. Even though you can have a stack of papers, I feel like a notebook, having it all bound together, I feel like those first pages are always like, hey, you want to come work on me? Hey, hey, come here, work on me. Come make me longer and bigger. Oh, you can't think of anything uh, new? Come
0: back here. You know what I mean? I do hear you on that, but you know what? I have different sections in my notebook. Mm -hmm. So there is a section for jokes that I'm not done with. Right.
1: There and is- I
2: got pieces of paper that yeah, I'm not done with. Right. But when I'm working on one thing, I like to keep it on the As stupid as it sounds, I like to keep it on the one thing. Dude, that's the best thing about our profession is it it's all subjective. I don't even, that's what I'm saying about the cell phone and the computer is like, I don't even want other things I've written right. in front of me when I'm writing. It's all about what what is today. And getting that gold on black or white on black or black on white. See, for
0: me, I am – here's when I write. And I've written for other people and written on TV shows and and, uh, done Punch-Up for movies and sold pilots and sold scripts and all that shit. Totally. Okay? We're both writers. Yes. So for
2: me – I never even have owned a laptop. I've been in the Writers Guild for five years. I did
0: it all on an iPad. Okay. (laughs) For me, it depends what I'm writing. If I'm writing – obviously jokes for other people I do that on a computer if I'm when I wrote my book to me there's difference I get different jokes out of myself when I'm holding a pen or when I'm typing it mm-hmm. when I'm typing it they sound like written jokes mm-hmm. does that make sense yep. the only jokes that come out of me are a little too formal a little too stuffy that I, and jokes that I think will work on a written page but not out loud right so my out loud stuff I do with a pen and then I I'm a, I'll am write down 10 premises, yeah. and I'll take all 10 of those to the stage. I have to say them for the first time out loud without written. I tape them, then I bring them back, and I verbatim write down what I said. Huh. Because the only way for me to get a natural voice is to Leaving s- out the stuff that maybe you didn't like, Yes. Right? Okay. But the only way for me to get a natural voice, my natural voice, is to say it out loud the yeah. first time before I write it down. Right. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um... I tend to go
2: in with one root idea. All of my bits have always started as a one-liner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the other day I was hanging out with my buddy Pete, literally just kicking it out back at the comedy store. I think I just got off stage, right? Me and my buddy Pete, we light up a joint. It's just what we do. You know what I mean? We were smoking for about 30 seconds. All of a sudden, both of our phones, which normally never make a noise. I've been friends with Pete for like five years. I know my phone's always on silent. I always yeah. have the side button switched over. Me too. I am done with this thing being an interrupting machine. Right? Yeah. Done. I've silenced. I'm on do not disturb. I'll go airplane mode. I'll do it all. Um, and all of our, both of our phones start going beep 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 and I'm like what is this? He goes it's an amber alert. And I go isn't it crazy that we live in a time and an age where he, technology is so amazing that your phone can let you know if somebody in the area has been abducted. (laughs) I know. And my buddy Pete goes, eh, you know there's a way you could shut that off, right? And I go, you ever have a moment where you realize that one of your friends is a real piece of shit? (laughs) 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 Like, what kind of human being? Turns off... Turns off the Amber Alert, like, oh, missing 10-year-old girl. Fuck you, missing 10-year-old girl. Should have worn more layers,
0: little cock tees You know, by the way, one of my favorite Doug Stanhope jokes of all time, and Doug has a litany. Yeah. Well, two of my favorite. My absolute favorite was one of the ones, um, it's actually, he did it on a show that early on, I I, I used to book this room called The Union. It was the first time I ever saw Rogan. It, 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 it was a room that held maybe 60 people. But when it was 60 people, packed.
2: Yeah, it's the best.
0: And packed. And needed to open the windows hot. Right. Packed. We used to pack it in there. Joey used to come down. We used to pack. I mean, packed with 60 people. Pack, pack, pack. And it was the first time I saw somebody crush like Rogan crush. Yeah. And then I saw Stanhope do a joke that said, um, you know, my, I wanted to titty fuck my girlfriend. You heard this joke? No. I wanted to titty fuck my girlfriend, and she said, that's fine, but how are you going to make it feel good for me? And I told her, right before I'm about to come, I'll stop punching you in the face. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, my God. It killed me. But he also told a joke one night where he was like, nobody wants to fuck your ugly kid, okay? Just get over it. Nobody wants to fuck your ugly kid. (sighs) He did a whole rant on it, which made me... La- and I got kids. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, but he's yeah next level. But, but uh the uh, uh the Amber Alert turning it off. Right. My point. My point is like
2: I can't remember exactly what my point was, but it's like you know um you can do a lot of writing, but another thing that I've learned recently that I've been you know telling my buddies that I'd like to give little tidbits of the stuff that I go and find in the desert uh, that on my own. Right. You know what I mean? Is like. One of the biggest parts of writing is noticing. Listening. Yes. Noticing when life hits you with the story that I'm talking about that I have now that I'm closing with that I can't follow with anything that I've created in nine years of performing every night, writing every day. Nothing can follow this story that happened to me a week ago, nine days ago. Nothing can can
0: follow. Can I tell you why that? makes you a better comedian because, look, the best comedians are comedians who are aware. Yeah. Who are aware of the world they live in. Yep. So when you're not aware of the world you're living, your comedy is super insular. Some people would have gone, oh, there is a way to shut off the Amber Alert? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's
2: creepy. That's
0: it. Or maybe they would learn how no, to do it. You're you're listening. You're right. aware of what's going on right. around you, which makes you look, whoever your favorite comedians are, yeah. are hyper aware of who they are and in the world they live
2: in. Totally, right? Totally. Look at Rogan. He's able to riff for three hours a day on a podcast. It's mm.
0: kind of amazing. Millions of people listening, both smart and funny and cool. It's kind of amazing what he does and how he's built that. Look, for me... uh, if you're picking, if you, you were going to go, whose career would you want? And I would say, look, for right now, for this, besides the fact how funny it is and all that he is and all that stuff, he's doing exactly what he wants to do. More than anybody you know in the world. In the world. What? That's what I aspire
2: to. On top of the fact that he's doing what he wants to be doing, you have to factor in that his favorite sport is the UFC. Yeah. That's what he loves as a hobby. And so, like, other than even the stuff that he does, like, he gets to sit in the front row of his favorite sport and get paid to be the voice of that. Dude, it's... When you think about what he's doing with podcasts, you know, his numbers are out of control and are blowing up even bigger recently. And I mean huge, huge
0: leaps in the past couple months. Really? Do you think that's because... I mean, I listen to his stuff, too, and he has people like Sturgill on. Do you think it's because he's branched out a little bit? Totally,
2: totally, yeah. I mean, I think it's totally – and I think it's also him. I think that he's gaining confidence in what he's doing. He's talking with friends. Anyway, my point is, like – and he's doing – his podcast is literally he just – whoever he wants, he gets – and he just talks to them Dude, about he gets... whatever he wants. I he know. gets to ask them the questions that he wants to learn from his smart friends, that he wants the people to hear. He gets to bring up, he gets to set the tone. He gets to do that. He's getting paid for that. And then he's one of the best stand-up comedians in the world. I'd put him up against Burr and Louie any night. Any night. A hundred percent. That's Mount Rushmore. Louis, Bill, Rogan, Diaz. Wait, you know Chappelle on there? Yeah, well, I mean, Chappelle's the best. I mean, <laughs> Chappelle's number one. Sorry, you egotistical fuckheads out there. Right? There's no question about it. But he's like, you they're know, they're all vying for number two.
0: Can I tell you something yeah. with, with Joey? And, I, and like I said, I've known Joey forever and ever, okay? You know, Joey used to go on stage and just tell jokes, and it was unbearable to watch. Yeah. And then he started to get mad on stage. I never saw that Joey Diaz. That's what's crazy
2: for me is I just hear stories. I don't want to even see a clip. I don't want, you know what I mean? Like, eh, I love that he wasn't always that way. I love that it did take a big fucking angry break and passion to fire that up because it makes it an even more fun storyline. Look at Sebastian Maniscalco. I bet bet you remember him wearing the wife beater and stuff. Now, I don't, but I've heard these stories. And, you know, I love when I hear that. I love that. You know, they they just kept fighting. They believed, you know, just enough to get to that
0: next level, that big push. I will tell you something. 15 minutes of Joey Diaz when he's firing on all cylinders is a... I, you can't catch your breath.
2: Nobody can.
0: Do you know what I mean? 15 minutes of him your when he's fought. Hurt. Oh, my
2: God. My hands hurt if I'm in there for a few minutes because I I will clap at any anybody who does anything yeah. brilliant. I'll yeah. sit there and I'll clap like a little gluttonous King Joffrey just fucking. <laughs> and literally, when Diaz is on, my fucking, because I'll go hard. Yeah. The funnier it is, the harder my clap is. And I'll fucking I'll, by the end of it, I'm like a college coach who just won a national championship, getting the guys back on that side. Like you motherfuckers, let's do it! Come
0: on, switch it up. I back up the sideline, back it up. We're celebrating. He, to me, is inspirational in a lot of different ways. Totally, but mostly because look, nobody walks out of a Joe Diaz show offended, even though he, you know, on paper you'd be like, he can't say that. You he can fucking say anything. He's such
2: a cold blooded calculated assassin oh yeah that I had him open up for me for my one hour special my one hour Netflix special he comes I saw, before I saw you I saw you he brings me yeah, on stage yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I have to tell you but dude your one hour special was amazing and for somebody look this is why to me and look I get inspired uh, by a, I can get inspired by a lot of different things your special inspired me for a lot of different reasons but one for you to come out of the gate confident enough to decide I'm gonna shoot this the way nobody has ever shot it before, I was like before I even saw it I'm like I fucking like that guy. Yeah. Like you, you were like th- th- because that takes a lot of balls. Not y- there were no cuts to people laughing in the show, right. which I always hate. I'm like yeah. I don't need to see them laughing. Who is it? They're special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're not special yeah. at all. Well, how did you decide to do that and why? I am Tell everybody what, exactly
2: what I what we're talking about here. Well, like I said, Man on the Moon is what got me into stand up comedy. Right. But the reason why <clears throat> it did was because I became obsessed with movies. I mean, our big time, like huge cinematic super fan, right? I purposefully live at Fairfax and Third right now. Because I live within a mile of the New Beverly Cinema, which I am obsessed with, and I think it's the greatest thing in Los Angeles. Quentin Tarantino yeah. owns a theater. He makes the lineups now. I don't know how much you know about this. He does. He makes the lineups, and all the reels come out of his house in the Hollywood Hills. Somebody drives them. Wait, so down are there some the crazy theater. obscure
0: f- films that get show up there?
2: Dude, look. I don't want everybody knowing about it. If you see LA people, cover your ears for a second. (laughs) Take your headphones off right now. But yes, it is the secret of Los Angeles that is the most beautiful, glorious thing. And anybody who's listening, if you do come visit LA, yeah, you know, yeah, sure, plan the comedy store, plan the this. But dude, if you don't go see a daytime or a double feature at the New Beverly Cinema, then you're missing Los Angeles. Really? Dude. Dude. It's $8 for a double feature. So, Lethal Weapon 1, Lethal Weapon 2, $8. Stop it. Popcorn, $3. Soda, $1.50. Candy, $1. He kept it all old school. Motherfucker.
0: Come on, bitch! How do I not know that? Because I, you know,
2: I'm not tapped in, dude.
0: I live in the valley. That's why. I I live in the fucking
2: real serious. I I live in the the fucking valley,
0: dude. I live in the valley. (laughs) Damn it, Josh! I know where I know where a good Whole Foods is in the valley. (laughs) I know where one is at Fairfax and Third.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a great one. I'm right there. That is a
0: good one. That's where I live
2: again. That's actually the start of my story. Yeah, go. Um, No, I mean that. That's that's. What's the last thing you saw? Uh, bobbity, obbity, 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 obbity. Um, oh, fuck. I'm about to go see The Green Room this week, which is like, uh,
0: you know. where do you fall for movies? Like, what's your. Or, do you have a genre that you love? Good movies, you... yep. Good
2: original killer movies. I love Deadpool. I love every Tarantino movie. I love uh, Scorsese movies, you know, the good ones. Um, and that's, uh, that's what I'm getting yeah. at is I was a huge Tarantino fan when i um, very early on, huge. I mean, obsessed. And I still. Damn, that's my outlet. If he comes out with a new movie, I'm talking shit to everybody who says I don't know but this hateful hate. I'll fucking argue you through a wall. <laughs> I will beat your ass verbally. You tell me, critique Jackie <laughs> Brown. Fucking bring it, all right? Bring it. You're, Aaron, I'm you make, don't I'm, like Jackie Brown? No, no, I'll no, steal no, your soul. Say,
1: there's no way you can crit- critique Jackie Brown. It's crazy. A lot of people
2: right. tried to critique Jackie Brown. Well, they're all they're morons. Wrong. They're stupid. When's the last time you watched? It? It's been a few years. I did was not one of the ones who critiqued Jackie Brown. All right, but I it's like Jackie Brown. right now. It's been a few years. Since it has Christina. been in yeah, the theater. So it. when I saw it in the theater, that's the last time you saw it. Well, I, well you think I have Jackie Brown the thons at my house? Dude, you're crazy. You need to rewatch this movie. Um, maybe I will. Maybe I'll light one up and and do that tonight. Yeah, I think so. How about Kill Bill? Love Kill Bill, one and two. One and two. You've, when's the last time you saw that? <sighs> theater. No. Okay, good.
0: No, no, no. I, I, I love- inglorious Bastards. Love inglorious Bastards. You saw it in a theater. And at my house. Okay. These are all th- things that I have at my house. Django. You have it at your house. I do not- You gotta get Django, dude. I don't have it at that house. Stop being a moron. But Django was, I mean, so good. So good. So good. Inglorious Bastards was so good. No, I haven't seen Hateful Eight. It's unbelievable.
2: It's fucking unbelievable. As good as it's Django? It's one of those- I don't even know yet where to put- it because it's so good and the second time I saw it was so much better than the first time and I had a feeling about that Because it's sort of long yeah. and there's a lot of stuff and you don't know what's going on the first time You're seeing it in the so.
0: pantheon of his
2: movies. Can you
0: give me a top three No,
2: I, I mean I my favorite movie of all time is Kill Bill 1 and 2 uh, Kill Bill 2 per- Personally because I like watching Uma d- undig herself out of a
0: grave You know what, I went to when, high school with her no you didn't yeah no way I went to high school with her now when when Uma was in high school She was a gangly not, of course not a and nobody would go out with her right uh we miscalculated yes <laughs> uh what we, a fucking loser yeah. you are again just yeah, oh yeah, i did yeah. not how did i not know about the new beverly cinema yeah no let me tell you something <laughs> i feel worse about not
2: trying to have sex with uma than about not going to the beverly center um not the Beverly Center, the new the Beverly, Beverly cinema. cinema, yeah. It's yeah. very important. If you end up going to the Beverly Center, Josh, then you fucked up. <laughs> then all right? I've really I misstepped again. Anyway, <laughs> huge Tarantino fan. Yeah. He obviously he's been, you know, Terran uh, Scorsese, Sergio Leone. I, I became obsessed with cinema. And I started writing a movie before I even started stand up. I started this movie from years ago. It turns out I ended up seeing a movie that was a lot like it and just threw it all away. I mean, didn't really throw it away, but scrapped the idea of writing movies. Um, anyway. Uh, I've always been a huge, huge fan of movies, and I'm watching Birdman five minutes in, and immediately I'm like, oh shit. Literally, the whole time I was watching Birdman, I'm sitting there staring at the screen. Anybody seeing me would think that, oh, he's watching the movie. Right. I was, I was, you know, I was sort of hearing it, but literally, I started immediately realizing, oh my God, this is it. You don't need cutaways. Mm-hmm. You don't need this. I want it to feel dangerous. I want it to feel like I can mess up because what do we know, Josh? I already talked about it. I don't, I don't. Messing up is not easy for me because if I do mess up, I talk about it. I mm-hmm. acknowledge it. I have more killers coming up, right? Like, you know, I roll with it. It's sort of jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, I roll with that style. So I knew that even if... You know, there's a part where, for example, like, I don't know, maybe somewhere half an hour, 40 minutes in, my throat locks up, which is very rare. Yeah. Never. I do a ton of hour-long sets on the road all the time. It never does, like, locks up, right? And I had to stop (laughs) everything. There's a second where I go, uh, and I grab a glass of water from behind me that I don't really grab, and I'm drinking it, not during an applause break, not at a proper time. Right. And I literally go, whew, needed some water there, you know what I mean? Is, yeah. Normally people don't just drink water in the middle. They're special, but I guess this is a special special You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just rolled with it and you know, I knew that I could do I knew it was in my skill set You know what I mean? I don't really do a very honed act. I've never really written a set list I sort of go in with a ballpark idea sometimes I just end up on a Monday night wait, for the hour hours Fraser doing snap jokes or something Frasier.
0: You know what I mean wait uh, for the hour special you didn't
2: have a set list. I did I did make one for that I did not follow it Um, called a couple audibles there, but, uh, it was, it was interesting because it was one of the first times that I've ever made a set
0: list really. And by the way, it's what I like outside of liking your comedy. It's what I like the most about it. You know, I did a talk show that was a live talk show, right? So broadcast live. It was amazing. That feeling of danger, even though, look, the crowd doesn't expect and the audience at home, didn't expect the set to light on fire, but Every now and then, things would just not go
2: well. Dude, I do a show 154 times. I've done, I'm not promoting my show right now, but I've done 154 live episodes of an Killed hour and a half long podcast that's live. That has three guests, That has two guests, a producer, a band, and I literally. And I'm not comparing your TV show to my podcast, but I'm saying on on the 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 loving of the danger.
0: Yeah. I pull names out of a bucket. Explain it's, to people who are listening who don't know what Kill Tony is. Uh, it,
2: it, it, it's a show in the belly room of the Comedy Store. But anyway, it's the open mic night. During Potluck, when when the open micers are done, Like uh, there's an, there's other rooms there. And in this room, I sell it out every single Monday. It's packed to the gills, fire mm-hmm. hazard. And over 50 comedians sign up to be put in a bucket for the chance to get pulled out. I only get through like seven or eight per episode. And if you get pulled out of this bucket, you come on stage. Anybody can do it. Anybody can sign up. You want to talk about danger? Yeah. And they get sixty seconds uninterrupted stage time to perform. We are sitting down at a table like this. There's a mic and a mic stand right there. There's the entire sold-out room, and uh, and it's all improvised and it's all, but it's amazing, right? Fun. I I mean, what's crazy? One hundred and fifty-four hour and a half long episodes, and it's still not a TV show because. TV people are so funny, they go, Well, how would we produce it? And I go, You don't need to produce it. You just need to shoot it. And they go, "Ah, I don't get it. No,
0: and they're also. executives, they don't get it. They're scared of live. They're scared (laughs) of live. They're so scared of anything live, especially with comics, Mm -hmm. because they assume that we're going
2: to ruin things. Yeah. But that's, look. But it's not the comics that ruin things. It's when actors and actresses and rappers and, you know, musicians and rock stars get in front of microphones. Who don't know how to be yeah. professional speakers. Yes. Those are the people that ruin this. <laughs> yeah. You know, Michael yeah. Richards never did anything until he was a huge TV star. He never did any of that crazy stuff. Oh, look what doing m- TV does. Boy. It t- took him down a bad path, didn't it? it? Made no sense, by yeah. the way. I just, I just basically gave an example of how I'm wrong about everything I just said. Tell but me about Michael Richards, for example. You yeah, can trust he was him behind a microphone. <laughs> You Comed- shot yourself down? Comedians never fuck up. Look at Michael Richards. Take Bill Cosby, for example. He lived a great life, Bill Cosby. <laughs> In loving memory of you, Michael Richards, never I think never he did forget. pass. <laughs> um, how many I'll times- tell you what he didn't pass on any gig mm, that's been offered.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go
0: on, Josh. I'm sorry. I keep cutting <laughs> you off with this Michael Richards No, show. dude, I'm on board. <laughs> um <laughs> Can you think of like of, of a more awkward tumble from somebody so beloved? Fucking Kramer. Yeah. You could have said Kramer and people would have been like, a fucking. Can you think of a more awkward, terrible tumble that anybody in the recent past has taken? Because he was like, to pick. I bet you if you said who's your favorite on Seinfeld, a majority of the people. Out of four, if you're in, the, you have four choices. I still say over fifty percent say say Kramer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To have to be that beloved and to just fucking snap like that. I mean,
2: yeah, you know it. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. You know, all he all he was doing was saying a word that we all say every day in the comfort of our own homes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Repeatedly. If you think At your I don't television yell that, screen. Right. You. fucking... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway. do, where, where do you fall on, like, um because I know you push the envelope, mm-hmm. but where do you fall on those, where, let me ask you a better question, because when you write for The Roast, there's no line. Sure. Do you think there's a line?
2: My favorite stand-up comedy is when I'm talking about things, and this is definitely my entire new hour is all very... I Andrew Jarecki, who made The Jinx, once said something really cool to me after a set, uh, and I hadn't seen the jinx at the time, but he seemed really cool. Did you see the jinx? I didn't, it's the most unbelievable documentary. Wait, is that ever the made. one with
0: the dude? Yeah, oh, yeah, the I did brother,
2: the rich New York guy. Well, that guy with Amazing. the glasses that interviews him the whole yeah. time and made that entire thing. Uh, that's Andrew Jarecki. And after a set that I had at the improv, he came up to me, he's friends with Jeff Ross, who, who was also on the show, and he came up to me and he goes, You know what I like about you? You talk about things that are not funny and are dark and you make them funny. Everybody else all night was talking about funny stuff and trying to make it funny. Mm-hmm. You talk about very unfunny stuff and you make it funny. That's not easy to do. And You know who else thought that by the way? was so right. You know, it's just like, I only get off if it's a challenge. You know, I never talk about my girlfriend. I mean, and I don't have anything wrong with that. I'm not saying that right. I'm not, that I'm closed off to it. But there's something about talking about Cosby and people going, Ugh, in the beginning and watching the same faces 20 seconds later. Like,
1: oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I
2: literally will remember what they look like at the beginning of my Jared from Subway joke when they're like, oh God, he's going there. And then they... You Know what I mean? Yeah, I have a take on it that just I know it's going to work. I have a thing right now where I talk about how I mean, I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to anyway because this is a Josh Wolf exclusive. Yeah, but uh,
0: but you know, I talk Wait, should about we, do we have any exclusive music? All right, so I By talk the way, about but noise sound effects. I don't think that's going to be your thing. <laughs> I mean, no, it's <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
2: blah. uh. You know, there's a thing that I'm working on right now, which I love, and I'm talking about how, you know, Subway had to change their Eat Fresh slogan because Jared went down on a 16-year-old girl, basically, is the gist of it. But the thing is, it's not a joke. That's actually true. Right. They had to literally change their slogan. I talk about what are the odds. A company's never lost their mascot and their motto at the same damn time. That's like if Ronald McDonald got caught on video on an iPhone video jerking off a little boy while at the same time looking at Cameron going I'm loving it <laughs> now what you can't see is that when I do the stand up joke I crouch down and I don't ever do many act outs I don't yeah. move much so when I do it sort of makes it you know have a little extra pepper on it so I lean over and I literally mime giving a hand job to a little boy. I mean, and the height of this little boy that I do the hand job at. I mean, it could only be like five, six, seven. I sometimes I have the audience like I'll go, I'll go, sir. I'll just keep doing the hand job in yeah. the air, and I'll say to somebody in the front row, and it always does good. You know, I'll go, sir. How old do you think this little boy is, based off the height of the dick that I'm jerking off right now? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm literally miming this little hand job, right? And it's a tiny cupped you know, like little baby dick, and it's very short. <laughs> You know, five or six years old in height, and I get to hear the crowd in that uh, moment. I'm listening. When I go, when I go, that's like Ronald McDonald jerking off a little boy, right? Right there. Right when I say boy, there's a moment where. Yeah. And then, but when I, I'm looking down and I turn my head and I go, I'm loving it. Because they lo- they would lose their motto, and it yes. ties this whole thing together. It goes from them r- going, "What is he jerking off?" A little boom, and there there's nobody that Dude, can survive it. The biggest the hide thing. Is I hilarious. purpose, like I said, I purposefully will watch the fucking grumpy person in the room. I'll look right in their soul when I when I. You know, look for that. Right? Yeah. And I watch them fucking break, and it's the best every time those angry fuck. It's funny to see, like, I can tell too, well, my. <sighs> And I know I sound like a huge egomaniac this episode. If you're listening to me for the first time, yes, I am sort of like this. This is an extra, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Drake today, a lot of Kanye, a lot of We the Best. All right. So I'm extra hyped up. So don't hate me for my ego. I don't want to see your dumb fucking, hey, heard you on Josh Wolf for the first time. Quite the egotistical asshole for somebody I've never heard of. Save your tweets. All right. Sorry, wow, no, that was ahead. cool. One. I go like ahead. that. I do a lot of podcast jobs, So <laughs> like, I already know how people react to stuff. Can I tell you something? God, what an ego on you for somebody I've never heard of. You know what I I,
0: mean? I have to tell uh-huh. you, you reference Kanye. Yeah. I am not a Kanye fan. Really? Are you music? But you don't listen to rap. I do
2: listen to rap. Who do you who do you who do you like lately? Future. I like. Uh, who do I like lately? Drake. I like Jay Cole. All right. Name another one. Lately? Yeah. Um. Well, look. Because if you don't listen to people lately, then you can't be in the Kanye game anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I listen to Kanye. My problem with Kanye, and I, 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 like, I don't mind Drake. Uh, what don't you like about Kanye? Let's fix this. I'll, I'll, I'll i will show f- you a few songs that you have to listen to with headphones okay, on, dude. Let me ask you. Let's, you let's can't go. listen to Kanye on your little rinky-dinky iPhone. Hey, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, I listen to it my headphones when I walk. I walk high every night. Beautiful. And that's when I... What kind of headphones are you rocking? Bose. Good ones. Yep. Like, the they go over your ear
0: all the way. Big ones. No, they go in my asshole. Yeah, they go in my right. fucking... I have the asshole speakers. You don't have that? <laughs> I'm just making sure you're not dealing with some I go, little rinky-dinkies. I'm making, making sure you don't go, have this David Letterman, no, uh, Sony Walkman. No. I go speaker, and then I put the subwoofer in my asshole, so I really feel the bass. That's how you listen to Kanye. I keep trying to see if your producer's laughing at all. His Aaron's face laughing? is just
2: perfectly cut off right at the part yeah, where I can Yeah, he's can't the dude tell. from Home Improvement. But now I can see his shoulders bounce a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he's the dude so. from Home Improvement.
0: I love that. Um... I now I would go I would I would counter your Kanye with Nas, and I would tell you that if you're not listening, to, don't you I smirk mean, at Nas? Nas is good. You what know, I the think fuck? you like pop beats, man. You need to like no you know. Kanye to me is is look earlier Kanye beginning Kanye, I think. It's hard to
2: touch how good right. he is of course. I mean, that's undeniable. He, right. by the way, he produces for Nas. He produced Jay zs stuff. This is the guy behind the scenes. I'm great, great. This is like a comedy writer that's, you know, I think getting he's got his got a ton ta- t- of
0: talent. I think yeah. right now he's drink sucking his own dick too much, and that's why I don't like it. I, I, I don't like his music because how good he thinks he is. I have is, a few songs off of this new album. I would love to hear them. I'm very open, man.
2: I'm very open. One's called Famous. You need to know that. Just famous, to famous, but you can't listen to it. You know, with you know, you can't have problems in your life or anything. You have to be thinking about the good stuff in your life, and you just need say, to know, like you know, I he am. He is talking about taking over stuff. So if you're not in that like mind frame of like literally being better than everyone else, if you don't like dabbling in that, yeah, then I could see why.
1: <laughs> then
2: I could see why you might not like Kanye. <laughs>
1: i yeah. literally even though
2: i'm admittedly not i'm nowhere near the best understand that but yeah. do i want to be yeah. do i drive towards that do i love it when drake says you know used to want to be on Rockefeller, then i turned into jay you know that's one of his lines he's saying like i used to want to be signed by this label Listen, it makes sense now, to now why has, you
0: like those two because yeah. they they have that same uh Unbelievable music, yes. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, no, but that's I, that makes sense to me. Now, I don't
2: mind some Drake. I love me some Jake Cole. Do you man. know what back to back is from Drake? Do you know that offhand? That's my favorite sex move, the back to back, just rubbing butts. I call that the butt
0: rub. No, the back to back, and then you, yeah, no, it's it's special. You gotta see it. Well, you gotta
2: listen to that's another one. Drake back to back. That is an answer to him uh, a, a Twitter beef with Meek Mill. Yeah, so you're going I'm to notice. Not that. only is this a killer rap song, that mm-hmm. if you didn't know what it was about, you would love it. What but about somebody? But if you somebody, listen to it, he's literally roasting him. It's a roast song, Josh. What, what, what not about even somebody kidding.
0: like a Frank Ocean? You you in?
2: Yeah, I mean he just doesn't have that
0: many good songs.
2: I mean I like his style. He's cute. You know what I mean? Like as far as like ooh doo doo do do. You know what I mean? But it's like you gotta. What would
0: somebody be surprised that you listen to? Um, I well the
2: variety, you know. There's me a too. song called "Down in Mexico" from Down in Mexico from the Coasters. Oof, that's another one. This is a song that'll change your life, dude. Down in Mexico yep. from the
0: Coasters. Yeah,
2: Down in Mexico. Anybody who's listening to this, just jot it down. Take a little note.
0: Are you? And uh, then put it on your headphones. I am a. Okay, here's what I love about me. for me. If you're gonna hook me with music. I need. To, I I love a story. Look, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I'll go see the Counting Crows, mm-hmm. love is, them, is because Adam Duritz is such an egomaniac, mm-hmm. and I say that with love yeah. and affection. That he, it, you know, you go to a lot of live shows, and the music is louder than the lyric. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Adam Duritz loves his lyrics so much. You know he's Jewish, right? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised the band's
2: not called Accounting Crows. Uh, <laughs> he's Jewish. Oh, thank
0: you. Thank you.
2: Um. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sometimes you got to look over at your German yeah. friend and give, give the little, old give what's up. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, you funny. gave him a little. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Are you German, Aaron?
2: Yeah. Of course he is. Pass. Look at him. Look at those fucking dirty what do you mean? Nazi eyes that he what has. What do
1: you mean half? It? My other half is Polish and they were Holocaust survivors. So oh. He's so
2: German you cannot see his mouth. I mean, you got him. That's a callback to earlier when I said he can't see his yeah. mouth. Nazi? You see what I did there? Not see his mouth?
0: Are you? Listen now. All right. It's I, a fucking Nazi pun, guys. I'm okay with it. You, you can't hear the people sorry, laughing at go. home. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you worried that the headphones are messing up your hair?
2: Uh, a little bit. I have a very long night ahead of me. I have a I was, sold out show that I'm doing I was I'm just curious the because there have been a couple times you've done this. My hair's been fucking <laughs> not cool lately, man. I'm 31 and shit is happening. I literally went to my doctor today to get more fucking Propecia. And the doctor moved offices without telling me. So yeah. I have to go to the... Beverly, you know, it's a Cedar Sinai area. That medical plaza, yep. the the parking took forever. It took me seventeen minutes, and I know because they charged me on my way out. Even though my doctor's office moved, they're like, "It took you seventeen minutes." I don't know if you really went to a doctor's office that's closed. Right. I'm like, "What?" I started losing my shit, and and I, it didn't matter to me. The two dollars was the principal because I had to find parking for fifteen yeah. minutes, and then two minutes later, I find out the office moved. I go, "Fuck!" I go back to my car. So you know, I'm going to get more propitia today. And the fucking doctor's office moved. So I, then I'm there. I am screaming in my car. I've been taking that propitia for about ten years.
0: Yeah, like a charm. It works. Yeah, I'm trying my best. Have you ever missed a few days? Yeah. The by the way, the doctor, if he's honest with you, will yeah. tell you you can miss a couple of days. Doesn't matter. Okay, well, I've missed like four or five days and I'm panicking, but tomorrow I'm going to go to the
2: new place. You'll be all right. What's crazy, though, is like, you know, I end up fucking losing more hair from being stressed because the fucking doctor's office moved.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so that's
2: all happening. (laughs) Are you? Fucking losing my hair. Meanwhile, Polly Shore is telling me to be David Bowie and I'm over here missing my Propecia refills.
0: That's not rock. That's rock and roll, by the way. That's not rock and roll. There's at all. nothing less rock and roll than being no, worried about your
2: propetia refills. No way Bowie would have paid the $2 for parking if his office moved.
0: No. Like, but you know who's. He would have
2: driven right through the fucking stick. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah you, fuck that stick, by the way. I'm going to start doing that more often. I'm going to put a little fucking steel. What stick? The, the stick bar that, that comes The that holds down? you down. You know what? I'm going to put a little fucking thing on the front of my car and I'm just going to start driving. It's going to be a stick
0: them. remover? Yeah. Like Mad Max? Yeah.
2: You're gonna go all like, in? Like Inspector Gadget. I'm just gonna have one button that I
0: press that just pulls up a stick. <laughs> I would like it came out of the front of your car and it goes, boom. Yeah. Booo-t. That way it's not a terrible accessory to have. No, I'd car. love that. That's pretty cool. Who would have thought it was that easy, by the way? If you by the way, have you tried to get out and lift <coughs> one of those up manually? No. It doesn't work. <laughs> I by the way, just you know, because when I had no money, I was like, oh, I can just. Lift it up, and then I'll lift up. It doesn't. Right. It fucking falls on your right. head. By the way, that I,
2: I, I, you said you were Jewish earlier, but now I really believe you. The, the fact that you've tried to physically lift up the arm oh, on yeah, a yeah. Uh, parking lot
0: He's not laughing at no, that. No, the Nazi doesn't laugh at that shit.
2: The fuck is wrong with him? How does he not laugh at that? He's like he's picturing a Jew going and lifting
0: up the stick trying to get free parking. I prop it open with my menorah. I have an extra large oh, menorah well, that's and I put double the- <laughs> <that's> double <laughs> Jewy right there. It's a Jew against one. You know when my son was very young, I always told him that he because he liked to dress up as a ninja and mm-hmm. I used to tell him he wasn't a ninja, he was a ninju. Yeah, and that so he threw cute. stars of David to people. Oh, that's right? so cute! Until I got called into the office at his elementary oh. school. Oh my god, that's so funny! They were like, you know, your son is saying he's a ninja, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been telling him. Yeah, and they were like, that's offensive. I'm like, to who? Right, the other ninjas?
2: <laughs> yeah, like the
0: actual ninjas. You think right. they're gonna come out of the fucking darkness and be like, "Oi," like oh my I couldn't. God. The political correctness and and things that people Ninjus, name.
2: by the way, use swords to cut their coupons.
0: Ah, <laughs> very good. Look at him; he's yeah, I like that one. He's yeah. moving yeah. back and forth. We like, got him. I like that one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good one, huh, buddy? Yeah, yeah. You can be counting that. Yeah. as one of your good jokes. <laughs> Boom. What, by you the way, t- what time do you have to go? Where for? are your? we at? It's six thirty, dude. Yeah, I gotta roll. All right, listen, plug whatever you want to plug.
2: Uh I'm doing the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts, October eighth, and I'm most likely shooting my next special there all in one continuous take. Uh, um, so
0: can I tell you that listen? I am from there There are a lot of people who listen really to this podcast
2: who live there so tickets just went on sale I've already sold a couple hundred so you'll get really good seats if you go there now and uh, I'm super excited about it, and I'm doing a bunch of other fun shows Stanford and Sons in Kansas City love that place C- Seattle Washington Bellevue parlor uh, Van-
0: Why Boston for your special can I ask?
2: You know what happened is honest to God I did four sold-out Wilbur theaters with Joe Rogan a few weeks ago And the owner was so nice and cool and it was what's crazy is Boston was one of the last cities that I ever even went to I mm-hmm. haven't opened there for Jeff Ross. I didn't open there for Joe Rogan They were like the last people to see me so they sort of knew me from podcasts and from my Netflix special And I came out guns ablaze and nothing from my special at all is on this new hour that I've been doing and Um, I was doing half hours in front of Rogan, and after the very first set, the owner came right up to me and goes, I want you to do this theater. I want to be the first big American theater that you headline. That's awesome. I did it with Tom Segura. I did it with Ari Shafir. I go, I want to do you too. And Tom and Ari are totally like big brothers to me in many, many great ways. And so that was huge. And immediately I go, fuck yeah. And that was after the first show. So after the second show, when I close out before I bring up Rogan, after doing a half hour the best half hour of my new hour. I go, thank you guys so much. That's my time. You know, after re- being relentless for yeah. a half hour and they go nuts. And I go, by the way, after the first show, the owner of the theater told me that he wants to bring me back in October. So tickets will go on sale for that soon. Hopefully you guys can make it there. Ah, you know, huge second pop. So I got to That's pitch That's like it the best advertisement ever. Three times. So after the first show, he told me he wants me to do the Wilbur Theater. So that night after that said I did it, and then two times the next night. Then I got better at it, by the way. So that it got shorter and got a bigger pop. You know what right. I mean? You know, after the first show yesterday, uh, the owner gave me the chance and said that he wants me to headline here in October. You know what I mean? If you say it like that in a the theater, go, you know what I mean? It just Amazing, gets right? Uh, so I'd love to see you guys there, but in the meantime are you guys ready to take this show to a whole nother level or what? And then they realize they're about to see Rogan so you know place just like goes double crazy and you know but was, anyway, I got to promote it a lot and you know so it's just like a blessing and I'm super excited about it and Kill Tony is my podcast that happens live every single Monday at the Comedy Store that's on iTunes under the Death Squad you have to look up Death Squad or Kill Tony and you will find uh, that show With if you like stand up comedy and you've ever been interested and you think you're funny and if you think you're a funny person at the office you might be really intrigued by this podcast because it really <coughs> breaks down what works what doesn't how to do it we punch up their stuff sometimes we just make fun of them you know it's crazy it's a free for all and it's so much fun. And Josh Wolf is going to be on an episode coming up in the next few weeks.
0: I would love to, do dude. I yeah. don't know you. I know you don't know this, but I've gone to the store and watched a bunch. Really? Oh yeah. Go listen. I, I know you because you know how you don't never would bother people after shows. Yeah. I don't either. I yeah. don't say. It, listen, that's the way to do it. Then do when you your, finally meet somebody, yeah. you
2: find out you connect that this and that. Everybody's so, is so I've annoying. I've seen your show, yeah. dude,
0: a bunch, and it's. It's such a good live show Such a good live show So yeah, yeah I would love to come on anytime Thank you well, um, It's gonna be a lot of fun Dude This has been And by the way What yeah. I also just found out Is we're gonna be at The Wild West Comedy Festival together I was just about to say That was I'm, the one thing That I forgot I'm doing We've this one. Pod-
2: that a lot We have a lot yeah. of chemistry I'm doing this podcast there I'm doing Kill Tony there What the fuck What the
0: fuck is what right What day are you doing
2: it Sunday night
0: I'm doing it Saturday well, Friday
2: night I'm opening for Joe Rogan at the rhyming. And then Saturday, I have nothing to do. You want to come by? I'll swing by.
0: Fuck yeah. Oh, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys just learned how show business works. Yeah, that's works. fucking great. I'll probably, uh, I think, because I'm not doing anything Friday night. I'm just coming in to have a couple cocktails and smoke weed. We're going to do that together as well. So I think I'll, I'll come and watch you crush. Yeah, totally. You're on the guest list. It's already done. Fucking a. Um, Guys, I'm taking most of May off. To uh, basically hone this new hour here in town, so I'm Love doing that. like I'm thinking I'm doing eight sets in town this week. That's so
2: crazy. And I prepped for one shot. Uh, I booked it two weeks out. I did it all in L.A. I did. I, yeah, I, I, right. All those, like I said, I never had a set list, so a lot of them I had to segue in and out of things for the first time, and I worked all of that out in L.A. And I sort of like that I did because I, me too. hour-long sets on the road, you get a lot of them. That's fun. That's a great way to work it out. I'm sure I would have loved that. That would have been good, but. You really get to work when you only have so many sets, and it's in L.A., and it's shorter yes. sets. It makes you really get to work. It's sort of like that one-page thing. Yep. You know what I mean? You, know, you, didn't, you didn't win them over for 45 minutes before going into it. You got so much time. You got fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I highly recommend that. I, I think agree. that's great.
0: And listen, I have some long stories mm-hmm. that I know once I got to the end of my set, I've already won them over. It's, it's home, I'm, I'm, I know it's a home run. I want to see if I can do it cold. Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's really, it'll be important for me to make sure that work's cold also on top of it being uh, when people are hot. So listen, I'm in town, but May 21st, Wild West Comedy Festival, uh, live broadcast of this show. And then the weekend after that, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I'm in Bellevue at Parlor Live. When are you there? Yeah, I'm there uh, June uh, 1st and 2nd,
2: something like that. So you're there the weekend after me. Wow. So go see Josh, and, and then, then go see, see Tony. me. Yeah, I it'll mean, be a good be, time. Yeah, spend an entire week's paycheck seeing both of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I, have, I really had a blast. I've been, I was looking forward to this a
2: have lot. You, and... Have your ninju cut out your coupons for the Tony With show.
0: his With his what's This the... was an
2: unbelievable conversation. I do a lot of these podcasts, and I absolutely loved talking with you. This was
0: fun. Dude, absolutely, and, and, and you have an open invitation to come back at any time. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.